by the time you hear this podcast, you'll do anything, anything for Salinas. gonna go on the wall of my garage, carnal. I'm gonna put a little sign under it. It's gonna say, this bumper was pulled off by the bus of Salinas. <laughs> yeah, 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 like like I mean, anything for Salinas. See? Thanks. Let's go. You need a ride or something to a phone? There was a phone we passed on a couple miles back. Anything for Salinas. I mean, not Salina, but Salinas with an S. It was weird. Oh, hold on. He didn't let me pay for it. He was like, he was happy to have his bumper taken off by our bus. Or by Salinas' bus. Oh, yeah, Salinas! Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 141. Uh, and, um,. That is the haircut 100 plus some 41 episode. Uh, but um, if you're looking on the Twitch stream. Um, Can you see me that? I want to share that with some folks. Oh, yes. And I'll share that with the guest that you're going to hear from in just a moment. Um, there we go. And we just second to share it again. All right. So if you're uh, looking on the Twitch stream, you can see where you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and where you can listen to this particular podcast so we don't have to spend eight minutes explaining it all uh, every time. So <laughs> we have a guest, uh, first time guest on this podcast. Uh, this episode has been about a year in the making, maybe more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm very excited to have her here. And I'm going to bring her up on the screen. We have Aisha B. Hey, Aisha. Hello. How are you, Greg? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. I can't complain. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for, for joining us. Um, what uh, I asked you to, to kind of explain who you are, but I'm going to explain what you want to explain. You don't yeah. have to. You don't have to tell all, the whole watching. story. 
the feds are watching. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that's okay for the feds to know or that they already know, it's not a big deal. So I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, I dabble into everything. And I've definitely done a lot of voiceovers. So radio is definitely something that I've been acquainted with before. Um, I also own a clothing boutique, which is online, www.toffeecoffee.com. You can check me out. And also, I am a lover of music. I've also managed artists in my past. I've thrown concerts. So I've done a little bit of everything. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that can kind of lead directly into a question that we want to ask all our guests and we <laughs> ask each other on every episode when I remember to do it. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> what music have you been listening to lately? So my favorite music right now, oh my gosh. I love Benny the Butcher. Okay. All I like I know Griselda. About, I, only know thing I know about Benny the Butcher is he's from Buffalo. Yes. <laughs> I, well, their whole crew is from um, Buffalo. Um, Armani Caesar is one of my favorite artists right now. I really love her. Um, I'm definitely, <clears throat> as far as Hispanic music goes, Caliushis, love her. I've been listening to a lot of her music lately. I'm really old school, too. So I do like a lot of, you know, Tito Puente. I do Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, of course, Salina. Seya Cruz. So I kind of dabble into the old and the new. Pretty much. Um, We both do that as well. (laughs) Uh, I, I don't. Well, I try to listen to new stuff. I don't know how much new stuff Ben has been listening to, uh, but Ben can tell us what you've been listening to lately. <laughs> um, actually, quite a lot of new stuff. Um, uh, Julia Michaels, I've been getting into. So, And I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I will, so that my tastes stay fresh, I will subscribe to those, po- not podcasts, the playlists on Spotify. Oh, yeah. So good. I can stay up on, on stuff. So, um, as I mean, I couldn't tell you exactly who. It's just been a lot of like pop sounding stuff to kind of get myself in the mindset of some stuff that I've been trying to work on. So I've been listening, but I've kind of really fallen for Julia Michaels and then, of course, Dua Lipa, oh, yes. who I just love. love um, and anything that sounds like Dua Lipa. So <laughs> I'll, tip, I'll sometimes look up her songwriters just to see, like, who's, you know, working on her stuff. Because it sounds, it's you know, it's got that Euro disco sound. Yes. Um, really good bass, bass lines, bass players, all that stuff, really cool loops. So I've been listening to a lot of pop lately. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, Duo is the best. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, I, I picked her to win the Grammy for Album of the Year. <clears throat> the Grammys are tonight as as we are recording. Um, they're not really worth watching for me anymore. Let's <laughs> <laughs> wait for the uh, clips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I've been listening to, uh, well, of course, my guy S.G. Lewis came hey, out with his album. I like uh, And um, I've been listening to a lot of that. Um, I've been listening to, uh, uh, Made in Tokyo, um, going back to my, my We Lit playlist here, um, uh, some Kei Trinata and, um, it's a, we're, we're old school too, uh, pulled up my, I, I, I think on, to get me in a calm mood on the commute to work, uh, I listen to my Sophistapop playlist, uh, which is, um, Spandau Ballet and Sade and Sting and 
prefab sprouts. Adult stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Who is calling up here? We're technically closed. So, uh, <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Um, so. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Um, basically, I'm trying to get the uh, and I'm I'm I don't know when the the Silk City project is going to come out. That's the that's the one with Diplo and Mark Ronson. The oh, Silk Sonic so good. is the one with Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. Um, but the the Silk City one um, or the song they did with Ellie Golden, they did a song with Dua Lipa last year, if not the year before. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm interested to know how that uh, project, how that project is going to be. Um, so uh, let's get to some some music news. This is what we do in our first part of the show. We do some music news. Um, we didn't really plan what we were going to talk about, but <laughs> as far as the news, but some some got? interesting uh, <laughs> something interesting. I saw like I I am finding this out uh, as we are recording. Like so, this is all all the same breaking? time here. <laughs> Breaking uh, news. Kind kind of breaking news. Um but I it's it sounds like um uh I was listening to a podcast where they talked about the there was something called NBA Top Shot, where basically it's instead of trading cards, it's highlights, like the actual video is what you trade. It, it it doesn't make sense at first because can't you just watch this on YouTube or, right. or something? But it's these are like trading cards that you can buy. But it's a well, set of cards. It's it's digital video. And it um, some people can make a lot of um, some people pay a lot of money for this stuff, like a LeBron James highlight sold for like two hundred thousand dollars. What? And like. <laughs> what I'm like what's so special about I don't know what the highlight was it could have been LeBron making a layup was it the block <laughs> <laughs> it probably wasn't <laughs> that's too expensive that's $500,000 for the block so it's like what um, I mean what are these different uh, strokes. for different folks yeah I, yeah, I I don't I that's 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 definitely a world I don't understand because like how what does it mean to own it and what do you do with it and Watch someone it. says do you just do you like have it playing in a loop on a TV in your house or do you... for when friends come over <laughs> like oh, check out my loop collection and you just have like it playing. so like what is it and you, you know? can't you have to put it on mute because you can't have all the that's <laughs> very weird sounds. I don't I don't get it so um. That was uh, yeah, that was something I I did I just read about and I wasn't sure what it um what it was, but I saw this story on Billboard. Uh, they won't show the whole story because it's behind a paywall and I I don't have time for that right now. <laughs> but so uh, there's something called BitClout. It is a a platform that allows creators and musicians to monetize their celebrity. And basically your, it looks like your, your social media or your music can be sold like trading cards or like Bitcoin. Mm. And some users have been able to buy and use these coins 
but without that particular artist's permission. Hmm. So, uh, what, no, what, what do you think of something like that? Like, what do you see the appeal of this, uh, of this coin? Like, how, how is this, how is this money? Like, how is this a, I understand like what Bitcoin is or other cryptocurrency, but how is this currency too? Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand this. Is it like bets? Are people placing <clears throat> bets? Well, no, it's, it's, um, they're, it's as if the, that particular celebrity is worth a certain amount. Interesting. Like Bitcoin. So it's like piece, like you have pieces of a, of a coin that mm-hmm. is worth something. So you have pieces of a celebrity that is worth something. Okay. And <laughs> who determines like, does it, is it like the stock market? Can it be artificially inflated? I don't. Let's see what this says. Uh, because it, even this article says the like, phenomenon has become easy. more confusing than ever for the music industry and, and everyone else. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there are, is this something that'll make sense in eight years? Music stars have been calculated exactly. <laughs> they have been like, scrambling cash to to scrambling to cash in on the latest craze in collectibles by selling art, merch, and even albums in the form of non fungible tokens or NFTs. And many of the top artists went on sale as pseudo. Yeah, okay, so their 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 stuff, their music or their art or their merch, T-shirts, mm-hmm. whatever, those are sold as tokens or coins. Ah. But now the artists themselves are now being sold as coins. I mean, it doesn't make, I mean. <laughs> I, know, I know it's like. I, I'm not the CEO of anything. I so. know that's weird, but I'm like, <laughs> no. what, how, 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 does how, does, how does that work? I mean, if. 50 shares of Bruno Mars. Like, we talked about right, the... Right, like, how uh, are we calculating this? Right. Like, are we all IPOs how are you, how are at this point a, as artists? Like, what are we doing? How are you a stock? Like, and what determines what the, what determines my value rather yes. than my own self-worth and how I evaluate myself? Exactly. Now, some computer uh, that mines Bitcoin or possibly is also mining for my value as a person. Yeah. I mean, I guess... <laughs> If you're an artist, I mean, hence why Prince changed his name to the artist, because you were referred to as the artist, your value really doesn't, you you have no say in it. I mean, essentially, your value is what you do. So, so I mean, I feel like that's what it is now. So, similar to how we look at the what we call the clout chart, but the artist 100. <laughs> you know, are you getting talked about? Are your singles performing? Are your albums performing? Are you performing, like, literally at shows, you know? Are you streaming? Are you doing this? Like, what are you doing to make yourself marketable? Mm-hmm. Is the only thing that I can think of that this would really count as? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's well, that would make more sense. And I mean, nowadays artists are making more off of shows and appearances yeah, than album sales. Absolutely. Which is just and not even streaming. I mean, they make nothing. They off make of streaming. next to nothing off of streaming. Okay. Uh, speaking of streaming, the stream just crashed, uh, but we're gonna con recording this and hopefully I'll just post it on Twitch uh, later. <laughs> um, so um, 
as I said, the Grammys are tonight. Um, Did you see the article about the weekend who is now boycotting the Grammys? And so is Anderson Pac. Uh, I did not see that, but um, I could see I could see the weekend boycotting it because I yeah. don't think he he wasn't nominated at all at all, no. which is crazy. To and me. he had one of the biggest selling albums mm-hmm. of the year, or maybe the biggest selling album of the year, and two of the biggest singles of the year. Definitely got snubbed. Yeah, uh, for him to didn't not even be really snubbed. get into the pop. So I was because at first I was like, well, maybe this is their thing against pop music. Mm-hmm. But you've mm-hmm. got categories for that. You've got pop categories. You could put yeah. them there. You know, like I, I've said many times on record on this podcast that Ariana Grande deserves to be in the main categories. But at least she gets put in the pop categories. I'll give her that. At least they put her there. You could have put The weekend there. Right. So that kind of confuses me. But um, I did think it was funny when I was I saw this on, on Twitter. And he said that, you know, he's boycotting. And the first thing someone says is just, just give black artists everything. This is all, they always complain. And someone's like, he didn't bring race into this, where are you? There are many <laughs> other artists that are not black that have boycotted the Grammys. The first one that comes to mind to me is Tool. Tool, oh, boy, had, yes. Maynard will not go to the Grammys. He's like, it's a, it's a self-love fest and I can't get behind it. As a matter of fact, he was the first person I ever heard of to boycott the Grammys, Drake being the second. Mm-hmm. So... I thought that was I thought that was funny. I don't think it's he's saying it's because I'm black. I think he's just saying because like really, yeah. Like I, I got a Jay Z <laughs> did it for a while. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith and and, and Jazzy Jeff didn't yeah. show up when they won. Yeah. Well, because it wasn't televised. Yeah. And that I think that was mm-hmm. that was Jay Z's issue too. Is that the rap categories weren't televised. Yeah. I think for the most part they still aren't. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people who just do not rock with the Grammys. And for someone to just assume like it's a race thing, like bro, this has been going on for a minute. That oh people yeah, don't... it has been. Yeah, a lot of people. I thought for a second that Metallica wasn't going to rock with the Grammys for a long time because of that whole Jethro Tull incident. Oh yes, I remember <laughs> I thought they were that. Just, I figured they're just like, no, nah, we're good, we're good. <laughs> Clearly, you guys don't understand the category. We're good. Um, that's definitely part of it, and I, I put in the article about the the weekend. Um, he says that uh, he will no longer submit his music to the Grammys. Wow! And he won three year. He's won three Grammys, but like I said, like no nominations this year. And mm-hmm. he had one of the the biggest selling and I thought critically acclaimed albums. Yeah, maybe they don't like Max Martin anymore. Who knows? Uh, he says <laughs> they, don't rock, <laughs> they don't rock with him. That's just exactly like, what it is. Get him out of here. But like, what, I, what I find <laughs> crazy is that the weekend performed at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, they—they're only going to be the biggest fire. artists. So they're only going to be the biggest artists who perform at the Super Bowl, and if they're like, like, for lack of a better word, current. Yes, mm-hmm. it's going to be someone like The Weeknd or the year before it was. <clears throat> who was it like? Oh, Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. Course, that was the mm-hmm. best one. Yeah. You already know. I so love that one. Speaking of which. It. There was, when I was on Reddit, there were rumors going around saying that the reason he did not get nominated is because he turned them down for a performance and chose the Super Bowl instead. Really? And so... He, he could have done... He, I mean, well, schedule-wise, he could have done, done both, Maybe but he, he probably just didn't want to, want to. But they said that's them showing him, I guess, who's boss, so to speak. So they asked him in, like, September? I don't know. <laughs> like I said, this was just kind of going around. I, I, didn't, I didn't read the articles that were linked you know, mm-hmm. to kind of cite your sources thing. But, like, that was kind of the thought that because he said, no, I won't do the Grammys, they were like, all right, well, we're just not going to nominate you. I mean, he spent $7 million of his own money on this performance for yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah, that still blows my mind. That blows my mind. 
and he's liquid, bro. It's seven million dollars liquid. Like you just, <laughs> he's made it. He's made it, it back. Was, it he made bad. it back. I well, I hope. Definitely gonna make it back. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I hope he made it back. Uh, if he didn't, that's now he said that. Um, <laughs> he said he'll no longer submit music, and he says because of the secret committees, uh, I will no longer allow my label to submit my music to the Grammys. Um, there was no further comment after that. And the interim president of the Recording Academy, he said, we're all disappointed when anyone is upset. And that, that doesn't sound like you care at all. Yeah. But, um, but there's been, uh, I think part of it is not that they don't, that the Recording Academy looks down on the weekend, but I don't think they, if we got to put these artists in these categories, there, it's hard for them to categorize the weekend. Now, we could say, okay, it's it's pop, some R and B. I mean, the the, the mixtape stuff, which yeah, I know Rick some likes, electronic is 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 R and B, the alternative R and B, or but according to the Grammys, that's not a that's too hard to put in a box. And and what he's doing now, it's 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 synth pop. Yeah, it's pop music, but it's historically you don't put black artists in the pop music category. Yeah. It's supposed like if they're black, it's R and B. Yeah, but if it's Justin Timberlake, then it's pop. <laughs> That's true. But it can't be the That's other true. way around. If like Justin Timberlake true. can be art nominated in R and B category, but The Weeknd can't be nominated in, in the a pop, pop category. category. Yeah. Pretty soon, I think the Academy, as we've seen, they're what usually ten to fifteen years behind. Mm-hmm. The record industry has caught up. The record industry used to have a hard time placing artists like The Weeknd. There's one artist that comes to mind right now, and this is going to sound weird that I'm bringing them up, but I am. Uh, well, it's two artists: Machine Gun Kelly and Young Blood. Mm. Machine Gun Kelly, who was a rapper, now he's a punk rock artist. Thanks who, to Eminem. Thanks to Eminem, <laughs> who apparently Corey Taylor from Slipknot hates his guts because he apparently he went in. That is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. He did. Mm-hmm. He did. But apparently, he washed him. Apparently, like he's rubbing everyone in rock the wrong way. It's it's very fun. I will look into this if you all get a chance. They don't like him right now because he's selling. But there's him, and then there's there's a guy named Youngblood who, and they're both white artists. Um, their music has a rock edge to it, but there's also still a heavy rap edge. So similar to like a Juice World, what Juice World was doing, where he was doing like, I, I have my rap, but then I've also got like emo inspired punk rock music yeah. kind of leanings. So like you can get young blood, like he'll be, he'll fit comfortably, like, you know, guesting a verse on a Halsey track, but then he's also doing like an uptempo rock track with Machine Gun Kelly. Versatility. And I think the record industry, 15, 20 years ago, would have been like, dude, what do we do with this guy? Like, where do we, where do we put him? Yeah. Right. But now they're just like, well, the kids are bopping to it, so let's just find him a place. Like, just let him do what he needs to do to make these kids bop their heads, <laughs> and we'll be just fine. And yeah. so the Academy, like we've said, they're typically about 10 years behind. Mm-hmm. So maybe in 10 years, they'll know where to put the weekend or someone like him. And they, they tried to do something um I don't know. Well, it was called the Urban Alternative category, Best Urban Alternative Performance, which is basically like the, it was like the genre-bending black artists to where it's not like R&B mm-hmm. as you may think it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not pop as you think it's supposed to be. Yeah. 
um, or they're using other other genres as influences for their music. Mm-hmm. So they just well, we don't know where to put this. So urban alternative, yeah. the black people who are doing something else. There's uh, <laughs> and and uh, and now it's the urban contemporary album, which you're saying the same thing in a different way. It's still the black people that we don't we that aren't doing what we thought they were going to be doing. Yeah. Um, and he's and actually the weekend has spoken about this before. Back in January, he said personally, I don't care anymore. I have three Grammys with me, which mean nothing to me now. Obviously, it's not like oh, I want the Grammy. It's just that this happened, and I'm down to get in front of the fire as long as it never happens again. Um, so this. It well, he also said um, when he was snubbed, he demanded transparency. I uh, said the Grammys remain corrupt. You owe me, my fans, and the industry transparency. And the weekend likened this year's nominations to a sucker punch and an attack. So he doesn't know what what it is. That'll be so. We'll never get transparency. How does how does he get? Zero nominations. No. We'll never. But I, I, I'd wager to say that our hearts would be broken if we got transparency, because it would be like when not to get political, but it'd be like when they hacked the DNC's emails and we found out that basically <laughs> Bernie Sanders never had a chance. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it would be. It's a bunch of people who there's no way there's no way they can listen to everything that's submitted. Mm-hmm. There's no way. So what you'd find out is that they're not listening to everything. They're going off of name recognition. And a lot of times, and, you know, it's, it's, you'd, find, you'd probably get your heart broken because you're like, why didn't my person get a chance? Because no one heard the song. No one heard the album. You, like you sent in so the movies no, on the no Oscars. One heard, no one heard Blinding Lights for yeah. a year and a half. Okay, so for that, <laughs> I, maybe he was blackballed. Maybe he was Kaepernick. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think we want that because a lot of people will just be like, why didn't you listen to so and so from like you know New Jersey's album? It's like well because we just didn't. <laughs> it's sitting you know under you know someone's something in someone's office, and I, it never got listened to. I really despise them putting black artists in a box. I have a big problem with that. Yeah, yeah that's that's just how that's how I've, I've always because we've created every genre of music. Yeah. Well, I mean, Billboard's done frank. it for years. <laughs> oh, oh, we we are proponents yeah, of that around here. Yeah. Every every genre of music, at least that's popular in America. Yeah, American. Yeah. Like I, I don't. We can't take credit for like Celtic music. No. Nah, but nah. Gregorian chants. If we trace it back far enough, <laughs> maybe know, maybe a little bit. Maybe if we trace bit. it back far enough, we, who knows what's going on in Northern Africa? Deep. Exactly. You never know. <laughs> if we dig deep enough, it, it's possible. But for now, we'll say okay, we're not going to claim everything, but. At least every genre of music popular in America came from black people. And for black people listening, that includes metal, that includes country, Mm -hmm. that includes... that includes EDM. Yep. If you ever want to know where to start, just ask us. We'll tell you. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone should know we'll EDM some, is black. We can go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you. We'll so, give you some artists. Fine. <laughs> well, we can we can trace those back. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's <clears throat> it's disappointing, but it's it's historically how the Grammys have been. Yeah. Um, to where we very few black artists even like break through to win in the big four categories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, uh, hip hop and R and B is definitely difficult for them. I think 
in the history of like the record of the year and song of the year, um, I think it's like maybe two or three. So I know like Eminem's "Lose Yourself," yeah, uh, Miss Jackson. I, I feel like that's it. <laughs> yeah, you typically <laughs> as far end as up rap getting, songs that have even been nominated in those categories. You'll typically what I've seen. You'll typically get white artists giving credit to black artists, i.e. Adele saying, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Beyonce. Yeah. She deserves Just this about award. To talk about that. Or I know John uh, Mayer didn't do it on stage, but he was like, he broke his Grammy and had to give Alicia Keys half of it yeah. because he felt that If I Ain't Got You... Was a better song. Yeah, he was like, hey, you at least deserve half of this Grammy. Mm-hmm. At least I did that in public because I think a lot of... They, they don't get any real flack for that. Mm-hmm. Like, But someone like Macklemore yeah. got flack because he, he texted Kendrick Lamar... Like, oh, I'm sorry they gave me this award because he went there. Wait, what? what? Okay, Macklemore. He texted texted Kendrick Lamar because the heist beat to Pimp a Butterfly butterfly, for best rap album, and he 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 got his award, but he texted Kendrick Lamar later, like, uh. I'm sorry, I this don't know what weird. to do. Like this, this is, is weird. weird. Like it... <laughs> I didn't know that, but that's true. He was put in Hats such a to weird situation, though. Like because it's like hip hop is supposed to be this genre where like you work. It's supposed to be like you work your butt off to to do something and to do it independently is a bigger thing. And he does it without a record deal. He didn't ask to be nominated. He did. He just yeah. wanted he to make an album with his friends. <laughs> That's why. Then you call it Seattle. It's the Seattle album. the album. Bro. Seattle he the just album. went and got everyone he knew in Seattle. I'm pretty sure he probably reached out to Sir Mix a lot. I mean, he even talked about how he likes Sir Mix a lot. But he wanted to make an album with his friends. It was kind of like I didn't ask for this, man. Like, come on, what are y'all doing? What do you mean? Then there's no way I win when he got the nomination. There's no way I win. They're like, and yeah, the but, award but, goes to but, but Macklemore, the yeah. heist. He's like, thrift shop. <laughs> thrift shop took off on Vine. Yeah. And that shows the power of social media. Oh yeah, and, I just, uh, was just yeah. He's so like, his songs no. took off on Vine and and on social media. So that's that's why it blew up. But I mean, I understand like what was he supposed to do in that moment besides accept his award? Like, but that's kind of had to be something that you're conscious of mm-hmm. in the moment. So it, and it, it sounds it's like still, it was. it's still a little weird. But I think because of that, also we haven't really uh, they. Macklemore and Ryan Lewis made another album, uh, and then because it, and I, I listened to some of it, it's all over the place. They have a song with Idris Elba on there. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? Ryan Lewis well, is it, all Idris over the Elba place, does though. EDM. He's an EDM. Stop it! What? DJ oh, yeah, on the side. Is, yeah, it's major. Oh, so yeah, he is. Have you seen that show on Netflix that he has? I haven't. I've, I've been playing. I've been planning to watch it uh, because. Uh, Movies and TV shows focused around EDM are are intriguing to me. Yeah, because it's it's kind of like a world you have to like, kind of immerse yourself in. To, to it's understand. a pretty interesting yeah. show. Hmm. I would definitely not recommend it. Okay, um, well, if it's bad, <laughs> but it's something that you can watch on your free time when you have nothing else. To watch. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, it was actually interesting, and I didn't realize how much he is into EDM. It's crazy. Yeah. That it's some people look at it as the the genre to to get into because it it sounds easy. Yeah. Um, you know, like I always made a joke about David Guetta <laughs> doing live performances. <laughs> watch me, me watch me press this button, and he just presses a button. Um, but it's with with Magmore, like they made that album, 
And some of the songs were good, but he doesn't have the, like, if you're going to do a rap album, you got to have, like, features of people who are current. And like, his first to, big yeah. single was with, like, Grandmaster Kaz and Melly Mel. Oh, <laughs> well, I, and I think like that's you are of, two generations late. But I think that's <laughs> with his those personality. Guys. Like I think, but yeah, I yeah, mean, I understand. Him, like yeah. he has those guys because he appreciates. Yeah, he appreciates the, you know the pioneers of hip hop. Yeah. He he knows his history. Yeah, you could say. But if you're trying to sell these records, and that's the thing, I don't think he is, which is why he won't sign with a label because a label would say what you're saying, dude. It is not 1985. <laughs> like, get them out of here. Things have changed. Yeah, go and get someone else. Go and, get but, Kodak and, Black. Like, okay. Like, some, like there were we some. Need, we need him. Just <laughs> got out of jail. We need him. Like, to get come somebody on. hard, man. Get somebody. We got to get your street cred up, man. Like, I think that's what they do. And he's probably like, ah, because a record label doesn't make let him make same. I, I agree with that because if he were on a label, uh, he would say, yeah, I want to have Grandmaster Cass and Melly Mel. Grandmaster who? Yeah. Is he in the KKK? Who, who is this? <laughs> Melly Mel? Like is uh-huh. Like Melly Mel like someone Melanie? Mel Melody? Who is this? Yeah. Oh, you want a female singer on your song? That's like not, so yeah, um, some but... a lot of these songs don't get made if this is Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. Like they don't let Same Love get made. They don't let um Thrift Shop, I don't think gets made. Otherwise, but if I'll I'll say this, if Thrift Shop gets made, it's made into such a um, not parody, but a gimmick that he doesn't get a second single. Because they would go, because yeah. it was already kind of gimmicky. Or on the second album, we need another thrift shop. Exactly, like what they did to Eminem. Did it, yeah. We don't hear a single. We don't hear a My Name Is. Well, because I don't want to make one. And, right. <laughs> and that comparison doesn't help because it's kind of like with any white NBA player that comes into the league, who's he get compared to? Larry Bird. Larry Bird. <laughs> Who does any white rapper get compared to? Regardless Eminem. of their style, yeah. it's Eminem. Nothing like Eminem. Oh, this next happened Eminem. to Asher Roth. So how do we feel about <laughs> Eminem now, you guys? Uh, I, I, I saw something about some people trying to cancel him. I don't know. What did he know. do? I, I, don't, do we, I don't know. How do we feel about his music now? Um, It's... What people have to, um, I guess, get out of, I, I don't know if it's something that they've been trained in, it's ingrained in them, that rap, all rap music is supposed to be party music that you dance to. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Well, because those, like I talked, so like I talked about one of those, our episodes, they call that rapidy rap. That's what yeah. Gen Z calls it. If you're a wordy rapper, that's rapidy rap. And they don't like that. They want party and rap. And if it's supposed to be for, for the young people. You have to relate to them on some level. Mm -hmm. No, I didn't ask you to be a guest. Rich. You stay over there. You stay over there. It's like I have something to say. Because I like, I, I feel like Eminem is basically, he's reached a level of success to where he doesn't have to try to sell records. Yeah. So he can make what he wants to make and Agreed. do what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. So. All right. He's going to do this the whole time. All right. Get on the, the orange <laughs> mic over there and say what you got to say. what you got to say. Okay. Tell him um, why you mad, son. Tell him why you right. mad. <laughs> My take on Eminem, and um, Eminem is one of the greatest lyricists to ever do the game. Yeah. No, I have never listened to a complete Eminem album because his subject matter is not my subject matter. Mm -hmm. um, he's one of the biggest selling rappers because he's white. He knows this. The world knows this. He didn't ask for this. 
but you cannot and people who try to say that he's not an MC they stupid yeah, I never understood he's one that. of the greatest yeah, he is. rappers to lyrically, ever he's crazy. lyrically he's stupid um but that's it. That's it, Greg. I, I, that's it. <laughs> All right. Get out. <laughs> we enjoyed that two cents, though. We enjoyed that two cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still like, I, find that funny. There are people who's like, he's he's not a Like, yes, he's a rapper. Yeah. Well, some people have an idea of what a rapper is, is no supposed question. to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we always see things about, I don't know why, why, it's, why this person's always the target, but anytime someone brings up Nas, He's like the most polarizing artist <laughs> between generations. Yeah, because if you add, if him. you ask some, if you ask like LeBron James, oh Nas is Nas is great, he's amazing. But if you ask Lonzo Ball, Nas is trash. Like, yeah. I, put on some future. Like what? <laughs> Which uh, is a quote, an actual yeah. quote he said. Yeah, yeah, Lonzo Ball, Lonzo put, Ball. That's why your brother's better. <laughs> <laughs> Not his brother's better. Like it was just he is, just, he is though. He yeah, is. I love Melo. Yeah. Um Lonzo is He's Venus nasty. and uh Lamelo is Serena. That's my comparison. Oh, that's real. No, I agree yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's um but yeah, so I I think with, with Eminem and like you said, with with subject matter, it's it's hard for maybe it's more white kids will relate to what he's talking about. It can than, be shocking a little kids. bit sometimes. And it's yeah, it's um there was a genre, a subgenre of rap in like the early '90s called horrorcore. Yeah, I was gonna say a little bit. Three Six <laughs> was in there a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, they're the only ones who got out. Really, <laughs> 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 they made a name for themselves. Yes. Um, so it's 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 hard for for I think for just for black people to relate to Eminem mm-hmm. on that level on his subject matter and. Black people may feel uncomfortable with like being a fan of any white artist, like that. There may be like some like bit of shame with that, or like it's not cool. Yeah, you got like. Mm-hmm. There's too much good music out there. That's so true. Gotta like you know, if you <laughs> if you wore glasses growing up in the '90s, I got you got called Urkel. Urkel, <laughs> and, and like I'm not like Urkel at all. In fact, I'm not a fan of Urkel <laughs> at all. Um, so it, it's it's kind of like that too. It's it's just it was it's not cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, but you can't deny that you can't deny how good he is. Yeah. Know? So it's that's that's you know if if someone doesn't like Eminem, it's more than likely some kind of personal problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's how I feel too. He's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's uh, move over to, uh, oh, yeah, we haven't done the charts yet. Them charts. So we look at the Hot 100 top 10 songs, and, uh, okay, here we go. So number one is still Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. The song of the spring. (laughs) (laughs) We we got to trademark that. song of the spring because no one says that. Uh, number two is Up by Cardi B. Number three, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Number four, 34 plus 35 by Ariana Grande. Um, I said this is the this is the sexual frustration album for Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five, uh, number five, Go Crazy, uh, Chris Brown and Young Thug. 
and they are two months away from it being on the charts for a year, and it might have been in the top ten for that whole time. Oh, wow. Uh, number six, Save Your Tears by the Grammy snubbed Weekend. <laughs> number seven, uh, Mood by, uh, is it 24K Golden or yeah. 24K Golden? 24K Golden. It's K? You just That's say how K? I've always heard it pronounced, yeah. Okay. 24K Golden. Um, featuring Ian Dior. Uh, number eight, Calling My Phone, Lil TJ featuring Black. Number nine, What You Know About Love by Pop Smoke. And number 10, Levitating by Dua Lipa featuring The Baby. Uh, we'll look at the top 10 albums. Uh, he's still number one. <laughs> the redeemable question mark, Morgan Wallen. But incomparable. <laughs> <laughs> Not incomparable. That's so true. But yeah, we, yeah, that, that could be our nickname for him. The, the, Redeemable question mark incomparable. <laughs> will we get exclamation a, point? Will we get Fox News presents an evening with Morgan Wallen and it's just like him in a soundstage doing a concert? Is it who's it who hosts it? Is it Tucker? It's got to be Tucker. That's or, their or Hannity. It could be Hannity. Oh, yeah. I think Tucker Carlson. That's that's their that's their superstar. I like Tucker. He's gonna like try to scare you at first with something <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, some people think. You know, when Morgan Wallen said the N-word that he was also going to steal your car. (laughs) (laughs) He was going to shoot you. Oh, my God. And he was going to take your wallet. And (laughs) and sell your car for parts. (laughs) 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 Um, Number two, uh, the highlights by the weekend. It's a greatest hits album. It's kind of cheating, no, but come on, whatever. Come on. (laughs) It's kind of cheating. The biggest albums, two of the biggest albums in in the world. Ever greatest hits, well, one, but you know the Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> that they didn't chart like this. <laughs> but that was a Spotify. That was a Spotify playlist before Spotify playlist. Oh, basically, you could skip all the stuff you didn't like, and you just get the the meat, the best. That's what you get, man. Uh, number three, shoot for the stars, aim for the moon by Pop Smoke. Number four, Shiesty Season by Pooh Shiesty. Number Ooh. five, The Voice by Lil Durk. Number six, Positions by Ariana Grande. Number seven, My Turn by Lil Baby. Number eight, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Number nine, What You See is What You Get by Luke Combs. And number 10, Legends Never Die by Juice World. And then we'll finally get to the Artist 100. Uh, we call this the Clout List. And uh, this is from Billboard, but we call <laughs> it the Clout List. And we have uh, the, the formula, the official formula is they look at the... Um, the your radio airplay or streams, um, uh, social media, and um, album sales. It's some formula to calculate that. Our formula for this <laughs> is you put out new music or you die. That's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. I'm uh, down for that formula. <laughs> So number one is the weekend. Um, it I'm seems sure like because he's been complaining. Yeah, <laughs> that's been <laughs> that's kind of shot. People have been retweeting. Yeah, <laughs> retweeting the article or something like that. Uh, so number two is Morgan Wallen, uh, for the same reason. Still <laughs> there. Um, number three, Ariana Grande. Number four, Billie Eilish. Oh. Number five, BTS. 
Uh, are we worried about them anymore? At this point, nah. They're I think they're good. They've they've become mainstays mainstays in America, and I'm gonna hope that their record company is not allowed to treat them like crap in America. I'm hoping. So <laughs> I hope not, though. I mean, like they, those. So they have they have to defect then. They're so popular. I can't see them going anywhere. I mean, I, no, I mean them defect to America. America. Yeah. Like the reason why we say we're worried about them is just the stories we have read yeah. about being a K-pop, K-pop artist, man. It's not fun. Groups, just the being a K-pop groups, like they will. But I feel like they have longevity. You don't I mean, so? well, it's not 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 that they're not not that they're not talented or anything, just for the way that they are treated by those particular record labels and oh, managers yeah. mental sure. in Korea. Mental abuse. And like it will sure. be it will be five, six, maybe nine years that they'll sign a contract and they won't sing a note in the studio. <laughs> They're just running laps and doing chores. <laughs> running laps, doing chores. And then if some labels are desperate, like we got to make money off them somehow. <clears throat> yeah. They're so popular. Give them to a businessman. <laughs> once they once they are able to make music, then, you know, the the marketing machine, the publicity machine is full steam yeah. ahead. That And so groups like BTS and Blackpink uh, can be popular in America and they they aren't even singing in English. They have I mean the fan base has already been has been established through social media mm-hmm. and like the boy the boy band thing, the girl group thing, it still it still works. But it has to be done a certain way. Yeah. And I think in America nobody has time for that. Well <laughs> I watched their tiny desk recently and it was actually pretty good. I was very surprised. Is that was that separate from the unplugged? How well they did. They have an I feel like they did it unplugged too. Oh, they have it unplugged too. <clears throat> I See, they're like out they, here. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so we're, we're, that's why we're not as worried about them anymore. Yeah. Okay. There'd be yeah. people looking for them if they disappeared. <laughs> we have it to we have we have to add the the extra what you got, opinion man? here. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we're not gonna get it twisted. Most of those groups from Japan. They are re- very talented and can sing. Oh sing. yeah, yeah. Korea. Are they but, from Korea? Are they? They're from Korea. Korea? Yeah, they're but from Korea. but J-pop, it's it's the yeah. same concept. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, just like all the contracts for all the boy bands that was out of Disney, they they have this a machine. Yep. Right. It, it's a factory. They they bake these they bake these kids, put them in a factory, and if you stick, you stick. If you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. This one just so happened to stick, but how long is that contract? What is the wording in the contract? Are they writing? Are they doing anything besides being cute and singing? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is a good question. I don't know. This That's is true. You don't know how long those contracts are. Yeah, they may have them for for twenty years. Yeah. May have them for life. You got a thirty album, thirty <laughs> album deal. <laughs> I was like thirty albums. <laughs> we thought in America the five album deal you signed with Bad Boy was long. Let's put out some rarities, some B sides, some greatest hits, some lowest hits, <laughs> everything. The lowest hits. You will sing that thing you do in Spanish. We got some demos. <laughs> oh, we got some demos that we put on our iPhone of songs that we thought about doing. Let's just put that out. <laughs> um. So okay, they're number five. All right, so number six, Pop Smoke. Uh, number seven, Luke Combs. Number eight, Taylor Swift. Number nine, Post Malone. And number 10, Dua Lipa. Um, I can say at this point with Post Malone, we have 
no choice but to take him seriously. Yeah. Oh no, he's he's. I take. He, him he said he now. wanted like a few years ago when we started this podcast. He said he wanted to be taken seriously. So as a joke, we called him Serious Malone. Um, mm. But over the past four years, uh, I'm sure both of his albums are probably in the top twenty right now. Still, mm. <laughs> they've been out for at least two years. So. We we do take him seriously now. Hollywood bleeding is at eleven. <laughs> See, and it's been out for over a year. It's been out for uh, for, for a good minute. Um, so um, we'll get to we'll take a break here and Ben tell us about your <clears throat> earworm of the week. So, um, part of this pop music kick I've been on, um, is an artist named Julia Michaels, who I did not realize apparently is a very talented writer. Um, she's nominated for her second um, Song of the Year nomination, her first being for Issues. I think she won for that one, but I'm not sure. But she's on the song If the World Were Ending with J.P. Sachs, produced by Phineas, um, Billy Eilish's brother. It's not So Eilish is not his last name, but I know his name is Phineas, but he's a phenomenal producer. Yeah. Um, but this song is called um, Lie Like This, which is more of like a dance pop, kind of in the vein of some of Dua Lipa's stuff, but also reminds me of some of Kylie Minogue's stuff, which I love some Kylie Minogue. But it kind of reminds me of that, but it's just straight up dance pop, but it's not, the thing I like about it, I always talk about with chord progressions, it doesn't follow that same tired chord progression that you constantly hear on the radio, which I hope to God we're getting away from now. Um, because apparently, like, so we complain about it, music, like artists complain about it, but record companies were only, um, taking those songs like you can shop a song that doesn't have that chord progression but I'm not going to pick it up mm. so it's like unless you were a Max Martin a Benny Blanco somebody that's got that's got clout that's proven that you can make a song make a hit song without that progression you're not doing it you, we're, not, we're not taking it from you but I think now some of these artists are are maybe just able to get it get the songs through because they've got the clout like I'm big enough I like this song I want to do it and on top of that she writes all of her stuff anyway which I, it's neither here nor there, but still impressive today in pop music because you don't get a lot of people that do it. But yeah, I, I kind of dig this song. All right. So this is Lie Like This by Julian Michaels. And we'll be right back. He says I'm pretty upside down. Pretty right side up too. That is Lie Like This by Julia Michaels. 
and you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist on Spotify right now. For the longest, I thought she was a country singer. Really? I'm not going to lie. Until I really looked into her, I just assumed she was a country singer. Shame on me. Like, that's that's that's, that's on me. I should have looked into it. She is the best. Yeah, she's pretty cool. She's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, Very creative. So, wait. Hold on. So, all right. So, um... We started this particular episode with a scene from the movie Selena where uh, their bus, Big Bertha, gets stuck (laughs) on the side of the road. Some guys try to pull it off, pull it out of the the ditch, and the bumper comes off of their car. And it turns out they're big fans of Selena's. Selena's with an S. So we'll be talking about the film Selena. Um, uh, reason why we have Aisha as a guest, this is one of her favorite films, if not her favorite film. <laughs> uh, of all time. Yes, all time. Um, and it's definitely something that I, mm-hmm. um, like, like I, before I start recording, I, I said that I started, uh, I knew of Selena right before she passed on the rate in the random times I would watch Univision. <laughs> Shout out to Univision. <laughs> yes. uh, so uh, when this movie came out, um, it was an opportunity for me to, to, to know more because from what I saw, like, man, she is, it, it was like, she was, she was Madonna. She was Paul Abdul. Mm-hmm. She was Janet Everything. Jackson. She was Beyonce. She was all of that, um, and the and it all ended so suddenly. Yeah, like yeah. she was only twenty three. Um, you know, we we talked about. Um, we wonder like how much of a story could you tell for someone who died at twenty three? But you look at La Bamba. <clears throat> uh, we talked about the day the music died. Yeah. Um, but there is a movie, La, La Bamba, about Richie Valens, and he was 17. Jeez, but, I didn't know he was that young. He was really young. Yeah. Whoa. Yes, when he passed. Yeah, so there was, but there was a full story to yeah. tell <laughs> about them, you know? Um, so there, there, I'm like, here there, there was a story to tell. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, um, from what I gathered, and of course I, ha- I have some notes. Oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... It was mostly about, uh, it was a story about a father and daughter. Uh, to okay. me, it was primarily about a father and daughter and mm-hmm. how much alike they were and maybe didn't realize it at some times, mm-hmm. but okay, okay. they were so much alike and they did some of the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't like do like the exact parallels all the time throughout mm-hmm. the film, but once you saw the Abraham do something. Selena kind of had the same thought process in oh, yeah. doing something. Uh, so that that's how I saw it as a, a story between a father and daughter. Um, so, uh, well, let's start from the beginning with these yeah. <laughs> with my notes. Um, so it starts off with the uh, the first scene is her what would end up being her last concert uh, at the Astrodome even though it was filmed in the Alamo, Alamo Dome. Which was but so sad. Who plays in the Alamo Dome? Who? 
uh, well, after the Spurs, <laughs> um, I, they still had the Alamo Bowl there. Okay. And when the AAF had their, oh yeah, okay, played for like five minutes. Yeah. There's the San Antonio team played there. Did they do bull rides there too? They got bull I think. I think so. Yeah, like it it's still like in use. It's like a rodeo type place. Type place right? Yeah, it looks like a it's rodeo still in use. Thinking. The because the Astrodome, the 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 actual concert was in the Astrodome, but once the now Titans, then the Oilers left, nobody used it. Wow. <laughs> like you could go there now, it's still the old AstroTurf. Yeah. <laughs> from the Oilers in there. I think they tried to turn it into a convention center because it's right next to Reliance Stadium. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you could tell it's clearly not the Astrodome because it's it's covered. Like the Astrodome, you could see through the roof, mm-hmm. but that's they need they needed a dome. So yeah. Alamo Dome, <laughs> it'll work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> so that I think I wrote. Yeah, I wrote that. It's clearly not the Astrodome, but no one cares. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about it anymore. Um, but the with the with the scene like starting with the beginning of the concert because I think it was the. Um, uh, it's like a national rodeo in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. something like that. Because, like it, like she was the headliner for this weekend, and this is a, okay, a that, big oh, annual event. Huge. Yeah, because I was wondering. It Texas. seemed like a stage just set up in the middle of something that was already going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it wasn't a very big stage. I was like, it's a big stage, but not big enough for that. But that crowd. Yeah, the crowd yeah. was really was into crazy. it. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it it it's a yeah national rodeo. And she she was headlining, you know, you know, Selena in concert, and and, and this was the uh, that concert became a live. Uh, it was a live album, and there's a DVD as well mm-hmm. for it. Um, but I thought, like, as she was, I don't know, the, just like the tone of it, of her going out on stage, and and uh, Abraham and Marcella being excited, it was like. Okay, we know what happened, but y'all playing the end already. Right, You're playing the end. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't uh, like that. <laughs> it didn't draw too far, fortunately. So yeah. they just rewind back to uh, 1961 in Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh yeah, uh, with Abraham's first group, the Dinos. Where it all began. <laughs> yes. Where did that name come from? Like, was there someone in their name Dino, or was it just? To sound like the old doo-wop groups that he liked. That's what it was. Okay. And he also wanted to be more accepted by the white mainstream yeah. music That's what it music seemed like, industry, yeah. Okay. Which the, was unfortunate because a lot of times they lost out on a lot of gigs because they were Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's a that's what happened in in um in the film. And I knew they because I, I hadn't seen the film in a while, but when I saw that they were um they're practicing in the barbershop. They're singing doo-wop. I'm like, doo-wop in Texas? They never had a chance. Right. <laughs> right. Doo-wop in what he, Texas? That's what they liked. Even, I mean. I mean, I, yeah. I just, that's not, that's not going to fly in Texas. If they were if they were in New York, maybe. <laughs> well, you maybe. said I thought they were Italians. Like. <laughs> well, that's what they try to pass themselves off With the Dino, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they, they go to that, they go to that, uh, that bar or restaurant, um, looked like a great location. Yeah, it really did. Right on the beach, <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, but they pull up, and and then you know the guy thought they were Italian. Like we can't have Mexicans here, but you said whites only. So are Italians 
Anyway. Um, <laughs> so he gives them a check and they rip it up. And I just wondered, how much was that check? Ten dollars. Yeah. It was ten dollars. It was ten dollars. It was so sad. I don't know what that was back them. in 1961, but it kind of seemed insulting. Like here's Pennies. some gas money, kinda. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it was. It was some gas money to get back to where they came from. Yeah. yeah I said segregation in Texas, not something I thought about, but I mean, it's not like it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, but I guess I just never thought about like, yeah, this is a white only bar and no Hispanics. Like, oh, okay, well. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, we can't come in, but like I just never thought about that. But if they were Italian, it would be okay. I'm confused about that. Depends on what part of the country. I guess in Texas, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they could pass. Oh, whatever. Um, and so this, with that scene and the scene where they perform at a at a dance, uh, it kind of informs. I don't want to say Abraham's trauma, but it's his definite hesitance later mm-hmm. when they have a gig in Monterey, Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when uh, the original Dinos were performing, um, the crowd wanted to dance. They didn't want to hear this doo-wop stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they didn't have a chance because this is in Texas. And, I wrote just because Richie Valens did it doesn't mean you can pull it off. <laughs> so <laughs> because they sang a song that you know Richie Valens, um, Richie Valens had recorded recently because this was this was two years after, but he had mm-hmm. uh, he had done that uh, that same song "We Belong Together." Um, so they, it, I think it kind of informed like how Abraham thought going forward as far as the music industry, like. If we're going to make it, it's kind of like why he pushed Selena to sing in Spanish. Yes. Yeah, because he knew what happened if you didn't. Mm-hmm. If you, if, <laughs> yeah. You won't be accepted. Right. Um, and then, like, later, fast forward later, they're living in, I think it was Lake Jackson, Texas, which is, I think, is a suburb. When they had to move to the uncle's house. Yeah, but right before they moved, the house yeah, they were yeah, living yeah. in, they had yeah. the restaurant and everything. Um, 20 years I, I've kind of felt like Abe aged kind of hard in 20 years <laughs> <laughs> like he kind of <laughs> he did <laughs> it, was a, it was a hard life it had so to be he, man like hard. he was just like you can tell it was written all over his face quite literally mm-hmm. um, yeah, that stressful just man yeah I was like damn yeah. like we find out he, he missed Susie's birth so and she's the oldest. Yeah. So because he had a show, he so had he a <laughs> show. Like who are you so performing he came, for? He came back home and he got a regular job. <laughs> like who are you performing for? Where you missed a show? You you, you had a show and you missed your. Like we know he didn't get bird. signed. He wasn't famous, so it had to be like a bar. <laughs> like it wasn't like oh yeah, baby. Well, here's why I thought they were like <laughs> I missed it for the Grammys. <laughs> At least like, I, no. I had uh, I thought that they were maybe locally famous because the scene where. The kids are playing football in the backyard, and then Selena hears him playing the guitar. And behind him are Dino's posters. Yeah, like, yeah. So, how how big did they get? <laughs> <laughs> were they you know were they like local celebrities? Was, or, I would have liked almost, for them to dive almost made into it. That. You know what I mean? Like, let us know how popular they were. They yeah. didn't really go into that. Yeah, uh, I. I that's something I wanted to, well, because okay, I, I thought, like, once they, 
from watching it as a kid, I always thought, oh, once they got kicked out of that bar because they weren't it. singing, it the that was the end. <laughs> that was the end of his career. Never again. <laughs> and I never went on the stage again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then she just comes in and starts singing, and he looks surprised. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, so has she never sung for him before? Is this like, is he that absent of a father? He doesn't even or, know it sing. was either that or he didn't know she knew that song <laughs> or or something. And and I wrote then because we have an episode about um Family, families yeah. doing music together. Mm. Selena is the Michael. Yeah. Yes. So I, I did So he found the Michael in that moment. Is this Chicano Jackson's? I was like Mexican Joe Jackson or Matthew Knowles? Chicano Jackson. Like I didn't know, I didn't know at the beginning which one we were gonna get. Was it gonna be Joe and he just beats them all the time, or was it gonna be Matthew and he's like emotionally manipulative and oh yeah, we'll you kick hadn't you seen out. this before, so, or, and yeah. we'll just kick you out, like you know. <laughs> I was wondering where we were going with that because it just seemed like he was very hard on them. Oh yeah. When it came to these practices, well, like Joe, he went out and just bought a bunch of instruments that no one knew how to and, play. Right. No one knew the play. <laughs> Abraham did, did the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. And that's what Abraham does. Where did you get all the and she was way more calm than Catherine was. She yeah. She really was. She was she was kinda like, okay. Well, well it because uh-huh. there you saw that well, there's the parallel there is that the Jacksons were poor. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt poor. Dirt poor. You saw the scene where they're like stealing potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt poor. Oh, Joe! Joe is working at the at the steel mill. Gary I forgot Indiana. what Catherine what oh, Catherine yeah. was doing, but they were poor in the bottom. Yeah, and they had at that point they had eight kids. They yeah. eventually had nine kids, but oh, still poor kids. in yeah. a three bedroom house. Oh my gosh! With uh, with Abraham, he had a job. He had a good job. Mm-hmm. They lived in the suburbs. Yep. Yep. Had a house. That they yeah. Had a, had a nice home. house. Yeah. Lived in a nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Very nice. And he's like, oh, well, let's let's make this music thing happen. It's like the uh, that's why I, I put together that I didn't I, I did not recognize the Dino's posters until I just watched it again. Yeah. So it, for me, it was he did it because he never got it out of his system. But even with the posters, knowing that they did have some kind of local celebrity, he still never got it out of his system. <laughs> nope. So well, I imagine it never goes away. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, as a musician myself, who clearly I'm not I'm not famous. I wouldn't I was like, I turned to Kendra. I'm like, would I do this like in, <laughs> in 30 years if we have kids like, oh, come on here and sing. Oh, you can carry a tune. And then I go drop a grand on instruments. Like, no, Let's get this started. Have. Yeah, let's get this started. You're going to play drums. I don't want to play drums. Like. Like he just, how did he choose that? How did he choose? Yeah, just give who's them. Who's gonna play what? No women play drums. She made a good point. She made a really good point. There were no, not a lot of female drummers. That's true. She made a really good point. She was dead set against it. Yeah, they were all tired of him. <laughs> he was ready to go. It's like, Dad, we don't want to do this. And then he got them playing lame music. Like, well, yeah, he said, like, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna play rock and roll. Why are y'all singing Blue Moon? Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. We don't want to play rock. He's like. <laughs> So I don't want to. I like rock and roll. I want to play it though. Like, <laughs> it instantly made me think of um, when Dave Chappelle said, "Like, I want to wear Nikes. I want to make them shits." Like, yeah. <laughs> that's real though. Like, I don't want to make this music. They didn't want to do that. 
And then yeah. on top of that, it was like the cheesy, like Blue Moon and all the all the stuff that he wanted to get famous playing. Yeah, the do doop that he couldn't. Yeah. you know, you're gonna do this. We are, we are, we are twenty years past doop. Yeah, he <laughs> We're was the definitely 80s. living vicariously through his children. Yeah, she's like, I want to play Donna Summers. Donna, what? No, mm mm. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been way better. <laughs> and what did she do years later? She played <laughs> Donna Summers. Exactly. <laughs> um. So and I really at this point where he's having them, you know, practice and practice seeing these doo-wop songs um, or these these standards, the pop standards of the 50s and 60s. I realized that Abraham has big ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a dreamer. He has he has these big ideas. And when he's going to act on something, he just he just goes for it. He, he doesn't really consult the wife. He doesn't really consult anybody. He just does it. And I also wrote, he's very clumsy because in the span of like five minutes, he uh, almost electrocuted himself. Oh, man, that equipment. was funny. Fell off the ladder. He fell yeah. off the ladder. <laughs> Let me do it. Let me do it. Oh, he, he fell off the drum set. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, he's he was very, very headstrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was very headstrong. I'm, and, but he had no balance. She, I'm, I'm, I will say this. I give her credit. Granted, I don't know how much of this, of that relationship was real or what was exaggerated, but like she really did stick by him. She did. Because yeah. he had some big ideas where some women might have been like, you know what, bruh, taking the kids, I'm mm-hmm. leaving. Um, but, you know, and I mean, and what's funny about this is you just ultimately know he was right. Yeah. <laughs> like every idea he had, like he might have stumbled a little bit, but eventually he un- he realized what had to happen. He made the adjustments and yeah. He made he that happen right. for yeah. his kids. Yeah. I, 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 there were some scenes where, and this kind of informs the, my thoughts on the rest of the film, is that he he really he believed in his kids. He believed in Big Selena's time. talent. It didn't take him long to believe in what her talent could be, where it could take her. But then I realized he's also the executive producer of this film, so it could have been mm, manipulated in a way good. to yeah. make himself look good, not like straight out of Compton level, but. <laughs> <laughs> A little, at least a little bit, a little bit. Maybe he was harder on them than we saw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He didn't want to make it. Like it only went bad. as far as oh, he made them practice a lot. Because <laughs> I know the mom when they got off stage at the first gig, she was essentially trying to get in between him and them. And as soon as he, and it's like you know, as soon as they get off the stage, she's like, "You got to do this. You got to do this. Oh you yeah, gotta, yeah, you know." She's and like, it's, Abraham. Just calm down, yeah. Abraham. The, the kids, kids are did doing good. fine. The kids are doing fine. <laughs> the kids are doing, but they could be. And it's just like, I know what he wanted to do was like walk around to the front mm-hmm. and watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the they're pros. Watch what they do. But she was like, go play, be kids. And he's like, but how are they gonna get good if they're not watching the pro? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they gotta study. She was good though. In the movie, I really liked the mom. Yeah, I loved yeah. her support. Like mm-hmm. you said, she it was, was she was the ride or die. She was the balancer, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, um, she, she had the, she went along with it, but I think she brought the. She's still going to be a mother to them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you be dad mm-hmm. and and manager and maybe bad cop, but <laughs> if they had to come to me, they want to talk to me. I, I'm still going to be their mother. Absolutely, yeah. that's the way so, she yeah. should be. Yeah. Um, see what else I had here. Uh. So I saw this. Um, I don't know if you follow the Watch Mojo channel or Miss Mojo channel on YouTube. Yes, they have a I lot of these it. different um, countdowns, and uh, with a lot of biopics, they'll have what they got factually right and factually wrong. 
Uh, I found the, the the washing machine dance scene yeah. that never happened. Oh yeah. They, I mean, they 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 would go to the beach as a family often, but Selena being taught the washing machine never happened. It looked like it was manufactured. <laughs> I mean, well, it was the perfect like. It was the perfect introduction to a montage that would take you into the future, showing them getting good. It's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, all you got to do is this. Like, I'm trying to think of, because I was trying to think of other movies where they'll have it. They'll have the one scene where they show them the one move, and they're like, yeah, you got it. You got it. And then next thing you know, montage into the future, and it's like now they've perfected it, and they'll throw the move in there just to show that they still do it. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, it's it's... It's, it felt very movie tropish. It did. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, it, you needed it, I guess. And you could tell it didn't happen. Y- you needed but it. But it was necessary <laughs> to break the ice before yeah. we got into the real deal. Like, that next performance yeah. was the best. Yeah. And also to give the, because this was after that, um, the the Harlinger performance, where the, the other band comes on after them and everyone yeah. starts dancing. So they the kids didn't feel confident, I think, at that point. Mm-hmm. So it gave them confidence as far as, okay, what can we do to improve our performance? So mom gives her that dance move. Because yeah. um, it can be it can be tough. So to, just to kind of talk a, a second, yeah, getting your stage show can be tough. And I'm saying this as someone who has played bad shows. Greg's probably seen it. I know Greg's seen a few. Not probably. Greg's seen a few. Yes, I have. I was, telling, <laughs> I was talking this weekend about the, the Corner Cafe show. You know the one I'm talking about where you're like, by the end of it, you guys are all sitting. Like it didn't make any sense. <laughs> like you have to really it does take practice and I think some people think like I just write some cool songs I go and play them and people no that's not true because there's people performing bad songs that are popular so it's not the quality of the music it's the quality of the show mm-hmm. and I'm glad that they really that they showed that that like you know it the the songs only take you so far mm-hmm. you've got to be able to put on a good show and they really kind of emphasize that you know yeah. and, and then by the time it gets to you know, where she's wearing the the all-jean jacket, the Canadian tuxedo. Um, she looks like she's been at it for a while. She looks mm-hmm. good, and she's putting on the show, and then she oh, takes off the jacket. Oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> and Daddy went crazy. He was so upset. Oh, so this man. was this was the first thing, like, when, uh, when Abraham took the risk of opening the restaurant, well, for, for buying the yeah. uh, buying the uh, musical equipment, mm-hmm. then opening the restaurant. Papa Goya. Papa Yoyos. <laughs> it looks like Papa Yoyos. <laughs> <laughs> with him taking that risk of doing that, Selena took the risk with the bustier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like she takes risks just like her dad. That's yep. that's where that's where I saw that they are they are so alike. Yes. And they don't exactly realize it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, it like, and again, this is another scene where Marcella plays good cop uh, because, because she, she helped to. make it. Yeah. She helped make the bustier. Well, I think it looks cute. He's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, rah, rah, rah. well, I helped her make it. Like it was, well, I just have to put the rhinestones on yeah. it. A few rhinestones. Like she never, whenever uh, Abraham blew up, she never let him go too far. Yeah. Um, or if, if he did, if he did, she got him back in line. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I will say too, interesting scene, and you kind of see this from the beginning of the movie. And you see it again here. He's mix. He's live mixing her shows, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think showed an, uh, another side to him. Like I'm not just your manager. I'm kind of your sound person. Like yeah. I'm back here on the board. Like it I was want all. A, it was all mm-hmm. a a family yeah. business. It was because if he's doing the sound, 
mom's helping with the costumes, yeah. and then Selena ends up designing her own costumes for everybody. Um, AB's writing songs yeah. or, or being the, the band leader or yeah. whatever. Um, and then Susie, like working with AB at least, because that's your rhythm section right there. So that was funny because she was playing electric <laughs> drums. And you just don't see that everywhere. Yeah. And as a person who's my, my first drum set was an electric drum set, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And she had the roto tom. And she's actually really good. It was awesome. Like, really good. Like, you just don't, you don't typically see in that type of music, electric drums. And I was just so happy. I was so happy to see that. And she was good. She seemed like she was having a lot of fun doing it. I just love that, though. And they <laughs> kept it through the duration. Like, even into the 90s, she's still playing an electric drum set. Yeah. I love that was, it. That was, that was their sound. It, it their really sound. was. <laughs> I loved it. Um, it was good to see a woman doing that, too. Yes. I love I love female drummers. Yeah, because it's it, it wasn't talked about too much. It was referenced, you know, a couple of times. But as far as women in this genre of music, they don't break through. Yeah, they don't. And just like what Susie's saying, there aren't a lot of female drummers. There just aren't a lot of female drummers in general. Yeah. There aren't. So, and then for it to be in that genre of music, they are doing something uh, rare. It's yeah. definitely something rare. Um, so then after that was the 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 scene with the bus where it gets stuck and uh, anything for Salinas. Uh, <laughs> anything for Salinas. Uh, the thing that was funny is that I didn't realize this was early in the morning. Was it? Yeah. Oh, because he calls and he's in bed. Oh, I didn't even realize Oh, that. yeah, that's right. Like, I didn't realize. Like, he actually woke him up. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize it was early in the morning when A.B. is taking the bus. Um. I thought I thought it was like midday or just something. like midday sometime in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm like the sun is almost up. Yeah. But yeah, it, like that was I, I thought that was um I, I don't know, that 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 just uh I stuck thought, out to me on that. I thought they were gonna actually pull it out. I really did. <laughs> like when they're like, I got four hundred horsepower, I was like, Okay, they got this, yeah. boy, they got this. Then that bumper just comes right off. He did right not off. care. <laughs> he did not He did not care. Oh man, that was great. Anything for Salinas. I'm gonna put this up. <laughs> Badge of honor. <laughs> it was it was also part of that is that Selena didn't could you call her like a humble superstar? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She was the most humble. Yeah, she. she but that was seemed... part of the problem, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Because she was so humble, and people really took that and took advantage of mm -hmm. her because yeah. of that. Uh, we'll we'll get to that soon. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, yeah, she never did seem comfortable <laughs> at the beginning with the fact that she was becoming famous. Yeah. Like, and and yeah. I and I think because I don't know a ton about her. And the timeline, I was thinking she wasn't that famous until that happened. Yeah. You know, until the anything for Selena's. I was like, oh, snap. Like, people know her, know her. Yeah. And then the, oh, my God, we're on the radio. I was like, okay, she's actually pretty popular. But you would never know from her because she's just like, yeah. guys. Yeah. Aw, shucks. You she's know. so chill. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're, you know, they are, they're, they're trying to, they're, I don't say instigating, but kind of egging her on by saying, like, you know, kind of, like, making fun of the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're, like, you're famous. Yeah. And it's like, like, it's like she didn't, I don't know if she didn't want to accept it or she didn't really believe it. Um, You know, but she was trying, and also trying to have just 
be a normal teenager because yeah. she's like 17, 18 yeah. at this time. Um, but she would transform yeah. when she got on stage. Right. She sure did. Like she, it was like night and day. It was like, I'm so shy. And then she gets on stage. And, and when she talks about performing, yeah, that's where like the parallel to the Jax's movie with, with Michael. Mm-hmm. He transformed. He's on stage. But yeah. when off stage, he was trying to be a normal kid and he never had a chance. No. And she's trying to be a normal teenager. She kind of had a chance, but Constance finishing helped. high school by <laughs> mail, that that sounds lonely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and, you know, when she uh, was getting on the bus and she saw the couple <laughs> kissing at the at the carnival, yeah. you know, it, you know, she's thinking about what her what her life like Could've what's been. what's her life going to be like yeah. well she's still like 17 18 like will she have that mm-hmm. like will she have those i guess normal teenage experiences yeah. right um but i also wrote later just like her father she had ideas Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with her having designs for uh the her costumes costume, for yeah. her mm-hmm. for the band like she's thinking in those terms so she eventually had her own fashion line so she was um she was venturing out she had big ideas just mm-hmm. like her dad um and uh <laughs> the where did I get this? When um, Selena and Chris went to get pizza the first time, and oh, uh, okay, so when he with the hot sauce, and he says it's like too hot and everything, um, he's like, oh, "Food can't be too hot for me." And then, <laughs> but I Just when when Susie cut his hair. When Susie cut his hair, it's like, oh, the water's too hot. I was like, okay, food can't be too hot. The water can be too hot. <laughs> so I want to talk about that, that his his introduction. It did not happen that way. I know it didn't happen that way. And it, it, <laughs> it felt kind of fake because it's like he's coming in there. He's clearly a metalhead. Yeah. He yeah. does not sound like he should be in this band. He looks and he talks like a metalhead. And I just thought that was like one of the funniest parts of the movie that he just did not seem like he belonged their period like at all i was like how is he gonna fit in like he sounds like he's high like how is the dad didn't like him yeah yeah because he's worried about like oh he's a Mm -hmm. i mean like you know a b sees the talent Mm -hmm. but just like uh i think his name was joe like joe said like we're we're musicians uh so we're going to be looked at a certain way basically um at this like watching it again and i'm i'm I, I was trying hard not to be cynical because this is a movie I enjoyed as a kid. <laughs> the Selena and Chris storyline is almost too cute. I, I know. It was, really <laughs> cute. It was almost it's my too cute. Um, because it was, it, it happened fast, but mm-hmm. it didn't like nothing seemed forced about it. No, it was just, they, they, they met, they started talking, they're hanging out together and they fall in love. It, like it was all in a short period of time, mm-hmm. but it was almost like, did it really happen like this? Like it did it was it really like this this fast and and this genuine? But if it was, it was. But it's got <laughs> something like it, it, it made me hesitate. I I, I, I had really to hesitate about it. I think that they loved each other from the beginning, and I think that she was just so enthralled with him. 
coming in and playing the way he did. I mean, amazing guitarist, like mm-hmm. amazing. Those are his fingers, apparently, in the in the um, on film. Yeah, yeah. So they cut to when you see his fingers on the, on the fretboard, and that was actually him playing. Yeah, that I was actually never him knew playing. that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But he's an amazing. So yeah. I could see the appeal, <clears throat> but it seems like they fell in love like this, like very yeah. quickly. Yeah. We get like what they um, when she talks about they just. When they talk, they just laugh and laugh and they, you know, so they they got along well and they both have like, <laughs> well, throughout the film, Selena is a jokester through the whole film. Yeah. And uh, Chris has his, his own, like, he has his own sense of humor. Like, he can, he, he can respond quick with yeah. a joke, you know. So with their, um, their sense of humor's, uh, senses of humor matched. Um, so... I'm not. I'm not doubting that they loved each other. It just happened really Jeez, fast. Okay, like, I just want to make sure. Like, I'm not sounding like. I'm, I just want to make it make sure I don't sound like so cynical about that part of the story. But like, oh, he's available, so you know. It was also very neat. Uh, so, but I think there's a reason for that, and we'll get to that later. Can we talk about the motel scene? Oh, that was hilarious. Hotel? Remember when he's at, yeah. And he's just sitting there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Playing guitar. That was as insane. they're just like trashing a motel around him. Yeah. My note about that was, <clears throat> is Chris afraid of love? Because this was after him and Selena he got caught. He was completely emotionally unavailable at that time. This was after, uh, yeah. that was Joe caught him and Selena. Yeah. And I wrote, is he afraid of love he's or is he afraid of Abraham? Self-sabotage. Or both. Who, but, who were those people trashing that room with him? His bandmates, right? Like his ex-bandmates. Because yeah. they were in L.A., right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these are just people he knew. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he didn't seem interested in all. Like, he was just like, I was like, I wanted to be like, Joe, just watch, or Abraham, watch the camera. You will see him in the corner playing guitar. <laughs> it almost seemed trashing. like it was fake. He's just like, bling, bing, bing. Like, ah. like, trash and stuff. And he's just like, calm. So and they walk it, in. What's going on? You want to hear a song? <laughs> so it was. It was. It was self sabotage. Absolutely. Um, and then the I'm yeah. no good for you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, that scene. I was like, seriously, like. But that's what I mean. He was very emotionally unavailable after he realized that, you know, her dad was not filling the relationship. Well, yeah. old boy said it from the jump. He was like, you know, if this gets serious. You're out of here. Yeah. Like he's gonna get rid of you. It's not gonna happen. So he told him. It's kind of like you know, what do you do? Do you just you know let the feelings fester? And you know, he tried to kind of push her away in the only way I guess that he knew how. By I, I trashed your hotel room. I'm telling you, girl, this is just who I am. I'm yeah. no good for you. And she's like, I'm not buying it. Mm-hmm. So maybe she saw through it. Yeah. Maybe she watched the video and saw. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just sitting there. What the hell? He's not moving. <laughs> I still love him. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, but before that, real one Easter egg. Did you notice Depeche Mode was playing on the radio? Yes, on the bus, and then John Waite missing you. Like it just changes, that like to make dope. it yeah. romantic. That was pretty. Dope. I, I, was, I thought that was interesting. That but little transition kind of tells you what time they're in as well. It's like yeah. oh, you're playing Depeche Mode. All right, this is this is early nineties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, before that when they find out about the Monterey show. So that's a very interesting sequence there. Uh, yeah. So the it's kind of like 
at the point where like Abraham is hesitant to do it. And I wrote like, okay, now at this point, now Abraham's hesitant to take risks. He's taking these risks with their with their lives. Well, he's shell shocked all this man. time. Beer bottles, and like like that's what I thought. Like, okay, now we have to deal. Now Abraham has to come to grips with his trauma. He's yeah. got to conquer Mexico. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. he's I just imagine he's driving, and there's like you he's know flashbacks it. of beer bottles. <laughs> we want to dance. He's like almost runs off the road. He's on the road. So, uh, <laughs> why can't we go to Mexico? We just can't. We just can't. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. So, with that scene, like basically, it's the, the, I call it just the cultural identity scene mm-hmm. um, in which Mexican Americans are viewed differently by Mexicans. Yeah. And it's something that I, I'm not Mexican, but from what I see, like it's still kind of that uh it still happens today. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. cuz you look at um one of the big examples for for me um I don't know anybody more recent but the biggest example for me is Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya, he he's Mexican American and like boxing is a big thing in in Mexico. <laughs> of course, it's it's one of the it's probably the second biggest sport right behind soccer. But in the Olympics, he fought for the United States. He won a gold medal with the United States. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though he's from, uh, I, guess, I guess, primarily um, Mexican-American neighborhood in L.A. or somewhere in California. <laughs> but it's like, and he's considered the golden boy. He's got all, he got all that pub in the Olympics, and then he went professional, and he's, he's, the, he's the world champion and everything. But he never got that acceptance from uh, the Latino community mm. as far as just being, you know, a world champion and a great boxer. And that's what I thought of with this scene to where you have to, Abraham feels that like you have to be, you have to know both sides mm-hmm. to be accepted by both sides. Yeah. And that was... Uh, and that was his worry for Selena because she didn't really, she can sing in Spanish, but she didn't really speak it. Yeah. yeah. And if she's the star, she's the face. And there's, there's this big press conference because, you know, she's, she's popular. We just don't know how popular she is because yeah. they never really show it because it, no, it's more reflective Mm-mm. of her being humble. I think it was yeah. before that whole crossover situation or talks right. of that. Yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was, mm-hmm. it was before that. So, uh, there was the risk there, but he felt something w- could go wrong if that part about her is exposed, like in a bad yeah, if way. She doesn't yeah. speak Spanish well enough. Or... Well, that's true. I mean, being and a if part she's of not the culturally, you have that issue. If yeah. you're not speaking Spanish, they will not take you seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things. With her, she did it so well after she started to learn Spanish that she was quickly embraced mm. by yeah. the Latin community. So, you know, with Selena, I feel like she was a full package. Mm. She could do well in Mexico and abroad in the Latin American countries, and she could do well. That's why she's the best crossover artist, Yeah, Latin crossover artist of our time. Her and, I would say, Shakira. Mm. Those are my two favorites. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, Shakira uh, definitely with her international appeal. Oh, yeah, she's big. Absolutely bigger than most people probably realize. 
times. I know. I know. Uh, People don't even understand. So when they play the show in Mexico, uh, for one, poor planning by the concert promoter. So it's like <laughs> we expected ten thousand. It was a hundred thousand people. This is like, so she should have played a, it like uh, what's the an one? arena or something? I don't know how close it is to Mexico City, but it should have been an Aztec Stadium. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wrote this is why Van Halen has the brown M and M clause because they want to make yes. sure. I cannot. So cannot. to explain no, anyone who doesn't know what that it. is, totally Van Halen. And this, and really, this didn't come out until maybe a few years ago. Why they did it, but in their tour writer, which a tour writer, essentially like a contract that you give to the venue, with a list of things that they have to contractually provide you in order for you to play. Yeah, and it can include things in your green room, it can include stage specs, it can include all these different things. And mm-hmm. so within their clause, they put no brown M and M's. So if they showed up to a to a show and there were brown M and M's, they wouldn't play. Because they knew that you did not read the entire tour writer. Later, it came out that they did this because they had played shows in smaller areas. They felt like, I guess they had to, to um, sing about Macon, Georgia. Because mm. they said Macon, Georgia was one of these places where the stage, they have very specific specs for their stage to be built so that no one gets hurt. And they said that if they, like, you know, you can disguise those sorts of things. You can, you know, you can hide how well a stage is built if you know what you're doing. So they would go and if they saw if they saw that there were no brown M&Ms, they knew that you read it specifically, you followed it specifically and everything would be good to go. If they saw brown M&Ms, they can assume at that point you probably didn't read the whole thing and something was wrong with the stage and they and were out. They're not going to play the show. And it was a safety thing. And a lot of people thought for many, many years it's because they were prima donnas. No. And it only came out maybe five or ten years ago that that's why. Because they want to make sure that the stage is not going to fall like we saw here. Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh. I wrote weakest stage ever. Yeah. Right. Got, like, I'm kind of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like breaking. I'm like, come on, man. Like this so is it's like someone swung by Home Depot that morning. Seriously. <laughs> grabbed a couple things like, all right, let's build a stage. Yeah. Why did people have to get hurt? It was insane. That stage looked very flimsy. Yeah. But yeah. if you underestimate the crowd by, a thousand percent? I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> we thought 10, 100 showed up, but I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> and she was so scared. She was like, oh my God, like, what is going on? Like, and this was like, this is too much. Back to her being humble. She, this is where she first was able to, I don't know, she realized her power. Mm-hmm. Calm the state, calm them down. Mm-hmm. Like, she just puts her finger up and like yeah. everyone, it like, Quiet. Yes. Whisper quiet. And that's when she was, I I don't know, she she first realized her her power and celebrity in that moment. Um, But I I thought that was, that was, that would have been a big moment for her. That's a big moment for, for her as far as what, like she enjoys the crowd. She enjoys that they, they enjoy what she's doing, but she also has that kind of, uh, this is, she's famous. Yeah. So if you're famous, you can influence people to do stuff like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up and don't kill yourself. So I will say, just because you know, I don't know the story, I wondered if she was going to go back on stage. I felt like they put them back on stage a little fast because it didn't look like they did anything to the quick. stage. Yeah, Like yeah. it's about to fall. He takes the entire band off. 
it felt like five minutes later, okay, we're going to try this again. Like, no. Right. Like, there are poles under there breaking. This is about to collapse. A piece of the stage shot up. <laughs> like, it, that is not safe. Like, that's very brave because I would have been like, pass, I'm good. I'm not. Mm-mm. Maybe maybe for myself. time constraints. Like, maybe they actually did fix something and then. Maybe. Because we're side people. Yeah. We're not getting Selena money. Yeah. <laughs> if my amp breaks, I can't afford another. Right. <laughs> like, my guitar breaks, I can't get another. I'm not making Selena money. So I wouldn't have gone back out, but I mean, maybe Abraham was really scary. And he's like, <laughs> well, he's counter. always scary. He's very scary in the movie sometimes. Um, so <laughs> they. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, Abraham has he 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 sees what's going on. He saw before the Monterey concert how Selena and Chris are looking at each other. He sees how they're um, um, interacting on the bus. So he Flirting. pulls the bus uh, pulls the bus over, kicks Chris out, um, and <laughs> I I feel like it was like it's I don't know if it was this movie or some other movie where just like hearing Daddy I love him and it was like <laughs> the, the <laughs> Like I have heard this somewhere. I don't know if they got it from somewhere or someone like used that scene or something. It was just it was just funny to hear that. It was gimmicky. <laughs> yeah. But daddy, I love him. <laughs> it might have been an episode of Fresh Prince <laughs> with Ashley. Oh God. I, that's an Ashley, that's an Ashley thing. That's like something she was saying. <laughs> um but uh you know, of course Selena is is heartbroken. She can't she doesn't want to be without him. She loves him. They want to get married. Um, Which was weird I feel like in that moment that when he said, <laughs> I love her and we want to get married, that Selena was the first know. time that marriage yeah. had come up at Selena all. Selena was like, we do. <laughs> we, we do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we want to get married. And her mind, she's like, just go along with it, Selena. Just go along. She, really she just him. went with right. it. Just go along with it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it later. <laughs> I was kind of shocked by that, too. I was kind of like, oh, this happened very fast. I wasn't seeing this coming. <laughs> Not marriage. An underrated an underrated acting moment from J-Lo where she kind of does her face like, yeah, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was, you, he loves me. Like, <laughs> marriage, uh, okay, marriage. Well, yeah, we'll figure this out. Supposedly, the, <laughs> so supposedly their date was supposed to be the first time they said I love you. Not then. It was supposed to be the, so the, the pizza, pizza date, date was made up, but they would go out for pizza. And on that pizza date was supposed to be when they said. So it was on a pizza date. A pizza date, yes. Where they said, I love you for the first time. Aw. Yeah. That's so sweet. <laughs> but it's probably more dramatic to do it in front of father. Yeah. So when oh, the bus yeah. is pulled over and he gets off and has to do the walk of shame by all the other musicians Dude. that aren't family. <laughs> I thought he was going to punch him. I was like, are they going to get into a physical altercation? Um, so, uh, yeah, so, you know, she, she cried, doesn't want to be without him. They find ways to see each other, um, even, like, between gigs. Mm-hmm. That. I don't know how long that went on, but that had to be exhausting. Yeah. I imagine so. Yeah. Um, and like Abraham taking risk, Selena takes a risk by deciding to get married mm-hmm. to really show Abraham that she was not giving up on Chris. So I think like, that is uh, that's another moment that's intense. Where like she that realizes, decision, that's an intense that was a big decision. Deal. Yeah, that's an that's another moment where I think she realize underestimates her celebrity, but then realizes it. Yeah. She's like, "We'll go tell him tomorrow." No, dear, you're famous. People already know. Yeah, it's been leaked. <laughs> it's on it's, the radio already. It's been leaked. Yeah, I heard that. Like, 
they didn't did they did they not realize that you know if they went to a chapel or wherever right. that people would recognize oh that's selena yeah <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> she's have, getting married yeah. Hey, do you know Selena got married? And of course, someone went to the two-way radio station. The first. Yeah. <laughs> if this was 2021, it would have happened immediately. Oh, exactly. someone would have had it on it would, Snapchat. It, it would have been on Snapchat. Someone's like, hey, Instagram. Selena here. Selena's here getting married, bro. It would have been on Snapchat before they said, yeah. I do. <laughs> so I, I thought that was interesting because she really thought she was going to have time. <laughs> like, she did. I'll tell them later and give them a day. We'll just tell them tomorrow, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but like, she just, she... She, I think she starts to realize like people care about what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next thing I had that well when, <laughs> when uh like when she said we we're going to tell them tomorrow and they go back to corporate that had to be the longest ride back home because <laughs> Selena doesn't know what's going to happen. Nope. Like she knows her dad. She thinks he might blow up. He might be with She's expecting with him to blow up. He's like, oh, uh, well, I got Get off my lawn. Could <laughs> you imagine Chris and like the the horrible feelings he was having, like driving up oh, to I the bet house? He's terrified. <laughs> like, and oh then him God. sitting outside. Yeah. Yes. He was sitting outside the whole time. It's insane. No cell phones for her to text him. Like, he's not upset. Yeah. He's just like, man. You're coming now. <laughs> Looking up at the house, like, I don't hear things being thrown. Like, I don't hear, I don't hear shouting. Um, <laughs> But I like yeah. the talk between her and her father. It was very endearing mm-hmm. once she actually got there and told him, you know, he understood. And that's what you're saying. Like, their relationship was so strong and they're so much alike. I think that, that at this point, this is when he realized mm-hmm. that they're that they're so much alike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So uh, Chris is able, you know, he's accepted now. Welcome to the family. Um, mm-hmm. Big hug. So <laughs> they're playing nice. a... Um, they were playing a show. It looks like in San Antonio, I think. El Paso, I think, is where he said. The... Where, well, the wherever they had the 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 record executives, they're talking about the during the show. Oh yeah, the, oh, they're talking yeah. about the crossover. Good. Like this is a weird place to have this meeting. Yeah. <laughs> like if Abraham's running the sound, uh, he needs to be focused. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird place to be doing this because um, you know they probably couldn't hear. <laughs> it's like say that again. Yeah, crossover. <laughs> Um, but, uh, he, as much work as they, as they put in and, you know, Abraham would know more than anybody if she was ready and she had probably had been ready. And at this point, even though it, it didn't have, well, we know with the, the last concert, she did the Donna Summer and the Gloria Gaynor, but in her shows, and I think I, I probably talked about this on a podcast before she would perform like pop songs in English. Okay. During her shows, because there she did um, "Sensitivity" by Ralph Tresvant. There's Stop a video it. of that on YouTube. Oh yeah, she did. So she would do songs oh, in she English. She killed it. She oh, would just throw a couple it. of those in there. Um, so the covers thing kind of threw me off because I was like, "Doesn't she have her own stuff?" Like, she she's loves. Big she loved point. doing covers. That's dope. Yeah, she I mean, and that, oh, and that's, I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, she did okay. Them well. okay. So she would she would throw a couple of those in into the set. So. Uh, I mean, but at this point, we didn't hear her singing in English at, I mean, for, yeah, uh, she, yeah, since the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
it I guess in context, it's it's an easy decision for Abraham. Oh yeah, she's definitely ready for an English album. Bro, she's <laughs> like fluent. <laughs> it's the easy decision he ever made. So I bet they were like, "Are you gonna have to teach her?" Like, nah, bro. Yeah. Or just lie, like, yeah, she'll learn it in two days. <laughs> we'll get a tutor or something. Right. <laughs> Split the bill. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Um. So. Uh, she wins a Grammy, and she starts the fashion line and everything. So has the boutique. The that Grammy scene, the, the the shopping for a dress scene. Oh, oh pretty woman. Go pretty to that. woman that was a flex. Yeah, pretty okay. It was so pretty I, woman. I haven't seen the movie Pretty Woman, but I know that I know what scene you're talking about. I've I was like, that's a flex. How do you not know who this is? Why is Selena uh, comfortable walking in the mall with no security, no nothing, <laughs> just her and her friend? Because once people realize. He walks in, oh, Selena, like everyone shows up instantly. Well, it's funny to me, though, is that. And the woman still doesn't know who she is. (laughs) When the the white girl recognizes her, I'm like, oh, you made it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She's here for the Grammys. But the older lady still didn't, like, who is this? Like, and she's like, that dress is $800. I thought she was going to say, I'll take four. Like, so I've right. got the money, but she's like, "We'll still try it on." And then she doesn't even buy it. And the woman's like, "Yeah, some like Hispanic chick came oh, in and that that was the flex, not buying it. Yeah. Right. That was that the flex was right the there. Major flex. <laughs> like, you see all these people leave. here? They're oh, we don't me. need it. And I'll, let me just sign me. autographs for a few more minutes. You here. can see the dress I'm wearing <laughs> on the Grammys tonight when you watch it. Do you watch the Grammys? You look a little old and lame. You might. <laughs> I just that gets me. Like I just can't imagine. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody, and I guess maybe if they're young enough, and you're that old, you might not know. You know, this ain't David Boy walking into the store. Mm. You know, mm. I imagine like nowadays that'd be like if like um, God, I'm trying to think of somebody who they just everyone would know, but someone older would be like, yeah, who are you? Yeah. Like put this down. Like you don't like you can afford it. And then someone's like, hey, bro, we here with Lil Uzi Vert on like the, <laughs> and they're like, who are you? And um, but that was the other thing. I just and I keep looking at this with twenty twenty one eyes. I'm like, if this was in twenty twenty one, she's recognized instantly. Oh, absolutely. And it's yeah. all over. It's all over social. Everyone's there like instantly. There's no like some guy seeing her in a dressing room and telling people. He's like taking a picture and everyone's there like in, <laughs> instantly. It's like everybody's there. It's Selena. She downstairs. Selena. Downstairs. Like she'd have been spotted walking in the mall into the mall. <laughs> like, it's Selena and like. <laughs> It's just, and it's just, it's just funny. Like you could be a little bit more incognito back then. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not now. Oh no. Jesus. Um, so, even um, well, slightly before that, because I, I had this note. Like you said, like should there? I wish we had a little more about the the Dinos and how they how that whole thing went. Right. Mm-hmm. For me, the big thing, how, how did Selena and Yolanda meet? Yeah. Because all of a sudden, okay, she's opening the store and there's Yolanda. <laughs> yeah. Where did Yolanda come from? <laughs> like, how did she meet? I know she was the president of the fan club, but look, fan, you know, the fan club president doesn't meet the actual person. <laughs> like, as far as like, oh, now they're going to be friends. Right. What I was thinking is, did the dad hire her? That's what I'm thinking. I think so. I don't. I don't. I thought Selena hired her, but that's, that's the thing. I I don't know. I I don't. How did like I in the movie Yolanda just appears? Yeah, she does out of like thin air, literally. She's at the opening for the store, and then she's yeah. like, 
this is my right hand woman. Like, where the heck does she come from? Which but I, I did really know do that. think Who, that you know. that's what the dad did, though. I knew that name. I knew a little because as soon as I heard it, I I fat I re rerounded just to get a look at her because I was like, oh, I know what you're gonna do later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just to see because I I did want to like, how did they meet? And they don't explain it. It doesn't really make a lot of sense because they just do not look like they run in the same circles, famous or not. Like, <laughs> right. They don't look like they run in the same circles at all. Apparently, she was the woman who was playing her was 54, but she was actually 34 in real life. Yolanda was. Oh, wow. So even, like, she was older, but not as old as, you know, this actress looks. So 10-year difference, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Like, how did y'all, like, that just, yeah. It didn't make sense. That uh-huh. portion doesn't make sense. But I really do feel like the dad has something to do with it. I'm not really sure how that worked. Well, as far as, like, if it was as far as, like, you know, if the whole thing is, is a family business, uh, then as far as the fan club, Okay. Someone brought in to, mm-hmm. you know, if the fans are supposed to get autographed pictures mm-hmm. or or a signed album or, or whatever, maybe she was supposed to be in charge of that. She was maybe she was hired to do that. Yeah. yeah. So essentially uh, what yeah. it says as far here, as how they met, like, no, I, I got some info. <laughs> so I got nothing. She <laughs> attended one of her concerts. OK. And she began repeatedly calling Abraham about starting a fan club in San Antonio. He eventually okay. gave in to the request, and yeah. she immediately became the fan club president. Salvador was then promoted to as manager of her clothing boutiques. Um, and then, of course, by 1993, 1,500 members in less than four years. Eventually grew to 5,000, one of the largest fan clubs in the San Antonio era, area. So, yeah, so essentially, yeah, it was, um, it was the father. Can I ask why we're trusting a stalker to take over business? <laughs> <laughs> Can we... She's that. the biggest fan in the fan club. Like, yeah, fan. The fan. biggest fan. <laughs> fan. Right. I'm president of the fans because I'm the biggest fan. <laughs> I worship the ground you walk on, Selena. How do like, we they're trust sitting them? there getting pedicures. And I'm like, she is like, she is jockeying for her attention. Mm-hmm. Like, even when her husband comes in, she's jockeying, like, Selena, over here, look at my toes. Like her husband's here, chill. Yeah, like chill. It's okay. Well, and, and then it, it was your moment. It was yes. kind of like where um, it was all the moments, right? The the uh, girl she took to the Grammys, that Sarah, I think yeah. that's who that was. Mm-hmm. That with with the whole dress thing, um, where you know Selena has an extra ticket, and Sarah's like, "Well, I have all this stuff to do here," and Yana's like, "I can do it." <laughs> like it, ju- it just felt creepy. It really did. Or to say like, oh, I can, I can, I can take over. I know where everything is. And that's when I wrote, oh, you, she's you, probably stealing you, from you, her. You know where everything yep. is, huh? Okay, all right. Um, then with the uh, there was the fashion show, and I guess the other, I guess staff. Um, I'm not sure if it was fan club staff or boutique staff. They're like, hey, we want to get Serena, uh, Selena, this ring. And um, so messed you know, up. we we put some money together, and Yonda's like, "I know what ring she would like." <laughs> like, it, it, I don't know if she was asked to play up the creepiness, but it was, it, <laughs> yeah. Watching it, it again, totally like that was creepy. extra creepy right there. And you know everything about her, and this is before social media, so you're like you're stalking her to get this information, or just constantly talking to her and asking questions writing it down in notebooks and it's like no one really no one really saw it yeah and i think no one saw it because well if selena likes her then she must be cool yeah that's what it was and so to kind of go to your point of how being such a humble star could kind of hurt her 
you run into somebody who, because you're, she's, I, I imagine since she wants to keep some feeling of normalness, she's looking for anyone that will just be a friend mm-hmm. and not try to, because it never seemed like Yolanda was trying to take anything from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least out in the open. You know, you find out later, but like it, she was never asking her like, hey, I need to borrow this or I need to borrow some money. She was just like, I just want to be near you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. we can get we can we can get pedicures. OK, cool. I'll go with you. Girl, I like that color. What do you think? Like, like it, it was she was being a friend, yeah. you know, and I, it never seemed like she had a lot of friends. Yeah. So maybe that was, you know, a blind spot. That yeah. could have been the case, too. You can tell that she just wasn't acclimated to having friends because of her star status yeah. at the time. So this lady comes in. She's showing you all this love mm-hmm. and admiration. And not asking for anything. You're eating it up. Mm-hmm. But and, then this lady is crazy. And then at the... What, <laughs> she's a nut. <laughs> and, like, well, we we saw it from the outside because, you know, this, this is all happened already. Um, so she's recording the English crossover mm-hmm. album. I love recording um, scenes in movies. I really do. Even though that like, producer, I don't know if that was the guy who wrote that song, but like, I don't know. He gave a creepy look too. And that it like, okay, we didn't need that. But <laughs> it, it was a little creepy. But what at the end when he hits, he's like, that's a hit. Yeah. Hit. It was like, <laughs> that's gold. Y'all got the camera on him too long. <laughs> but um, so with the ring that the 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 staff was going to buy. Yolanda took credit so for the ring. Like she took their money, bought the ring. Like, oh, I got, I got you something. Yeah, the double take. I was like, did she say I? And and like, there's you guys the ring, but like, did no one else see it, or did no one else say anything? No one like, hey, Yolanda, did you get, did you get the ring that we were all going to give Selena? Oh yeah, yeah, I, I had, I you know, I I did that already. Yeah, maybe that probably. And no one's like. Look, we paid for that ring too. We want to be there. <laughs> did you tell her it was from all, from, from all of us. <laughs> when we at present least? the ring, she's like, "Oh, I told her it was from all of us. Well, at least you did that, I guess." I don't well, know. She wanted yeah. that shine. <laughs> so, <laughs> all the shine. Okay. Um. So I did write. Can Can you trust fans like that? Like the thing, like the the concept of the fan club in the in this uh, in this context was much different than what I thought a fan club yeah. was. I've never been in a fan club. I didn't know. You could write them, give them some money and get a picture or an autograph yeah. or something. So that was, you know, I kind of feel like we came up in the fan club era, but like we weren't there for at least. I mean, I wasn't really there for all of it because mm-hmm. by the time, you know, I got into that type of stuff, you know, we had other ways of getting in contact with people. You didn't have to jo- join a fan club. You could follow them on something or you could yeah. do this or do that. Whereas that just seems so weird, like sending someone a letter like a handwritten letter from because they're like you're the biggest member of the fan club, so I wrote you a letter and stuff like that. That that seems that seems weird to me. Mm-hmm. It just and, seems weird. And not only with that, but the president of the fan club becoming business partner. And he had presidents right. of fan clubs. That was weird too. And then, like you said, she starts managing these clothing stores with like what business acumen? Exactly. <laughs> Did you go to school for business? <laughs> No, I just like Selena. Apparently Do we have like, credentials? They look at they look at the they look at the accounting, all the numbers. Something's off. Well, clearly, because Yolanda <laughs> Yolanda handles it, and apparently she had did this before at a at a doctor's office or something. But it got hidden because yes. it was an out of yeah out of court settlement. Yeah, um, and 
when she said, uh, when they're like, uh, we need all the money accounted for. Um, like we need all the, all the documents, all the receipts. She's like, I don't know where they are, but I'll find them. Yeah. Like they, they're gone. They are gone. You spent it. They are gone. Biting time. <laughs> you might, you, know you, you she, she should have just ran. Yeah. She yeah. should have ran at that point. Um, and then at that, when we get to the point where um, Selena is shot, she's murdered, and you know we don't we don't get a scene of that conversation that led no. to her being shot. And I was wondering if they would and, show that, but it felt like it was a little soon because this comes out two years after she's murdered, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, they're probably not going to show it. Based the I mean, they could have gone with the court case. It might have she might have still Yolanda might have still been in court. The trial yeah, might have still exactly. been going at the time. I, I don't exactly remember, but. I know, like around the when the movie came out, um, yeah, I don't think the trial was even, even going on. I mean, yet. it was almost kind of like a couple she... of years after that. Yeah. Um, behind the music, there's behind the music on Selena. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was really. Good, and though. they interviewed Yolanda while she was in jail, yep. and she really she wouldn't answer anything. She wouldn't answer any really? questions. She's like, "Well, what what was the issue with uh, with the missing money? I won't discuss that." What was your last conversation with Selena? I won't discuss what, that. What you discuss? Like <laughs> nothing. She she would not answer any questions. So that is why the, we don't see that conversation. Because there's uh, nothing. Because one, if the trial was still going at the time, we don't know exactly what was said. Mm-hmm. But we do like if you know family or friends knew why Selena was going to see her, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with hindsight being 2020, why, I don't know, I guess to me, because, you know, I guess that's one of those dramatic irony, we see how creepy she is, but maybe they don't. I'm like, why would you let her be alone with this woman? Especially after the whole bring me the receipts. Yeah. yeah. You're stealing why am from, I going yeah. over to your hotel room? Like that, that was, because I thought it was going to happen when she approaches her at the car. Yeah. Because I don't know what's going on. I'm like, she's going to go out there and ask her and she's going to shoot her. Yeah. No, that, I don't know, but like, it's like, why would you want to be alone with this person? Right. Who and they, been they didn't to see be it. really unstable. I, I mean, could you say that, you know, talk about Selena is maybe too humble or did she have a blind spot for Yolanda? Like, she's my friend. She's not violent. Yeah, she wouldn't she do this she to me. She wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that's what she thought at first. Like, oh, there's money missing. Oh, Yolanda wouldn't steal from me. Mm-hmm. So it's it was it looked as if she was <laughs> too trusting. Um, and she didn't think and probably no one really thought that Yolanda would be would have a gun or, or would, you know, be violent at all. Yeah. They didn't see. They didn't think she would do that. Yeah. So, Selena can go over there and handle it. Um, but it's like with Selena, it was a problem she didn't notice in the first place. That was the problem that Abraham noticed. Yeah. So, it's like maybe he should have been there, or Selena maybe just thought, "Well, I can handle this. Yeah. I understand mm-hmm. what's going on. If she had the full scope of the situation, she can handle it." Um, yeah, I do so, was different if the, the, that was one thing I was trying. I was I wanted to just a little naive. I wanted to like avoid like the the bargaining part <laughs> of mm-hmm. the 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 grief of this. Yeah. Um, you know, if she had done this or why didn't she do this? But I just saw it as she thought she could handle it. Yeah. That's why she went there by herself. Um, 
and she uh i think i don't know if it's a if it was a law in um texas but when uh yolanda shot her she ran out of the hotel room she made it to the lobby and she said yolanda saldivar shot me and that was the dying declaration and that was used as the oh wow like I didn't know that. that. Me neither. Yeah. So she made she made a dying declaration saying Yolanda Saldivar shot me. Um and then that's when, you know, the police are called and then there's a standoff for like eight, nine hours of Yolanda sitting in her truck with a gun threatening to threatening to kill herself. Yeah. Um and that that whole sequence in the film happened so fast. Yeah. And the thing that, that got to me was like there were so many things that were so neat in the film, like the love story, like um, uh, the relationship between Abraham and Selena, um, how how her career took off, how everything started coming together. There were risks taken, but everything was paying off. Yeah. And everything was so great up to that moment. Yeah. Like we're like an hour and 45 in at the fashion show. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. We're an hour and 45 into this and everything is just great at this perfect point. Mm-hmm. you might say and then all of a sudden it's over and i think that was the point yeah because she was only 23 she was so young everything was taken away just like that mm-hmm. that the ending had to be just like that too abrupt to make you really feel it mm-hmm. to make you understand because everything had yeah. been going so well you're laughing uh you know Selena's making all these jokes. Yeah. You know, she falls in love and then it's and then it's over. Like it it had we knew it had to end that way. So it's kind of like for lack of a better phrase like ripping the band-aid off. Mhm. Like it it had to end that way um because that's what really happened. We want to stay true to the story and the story is that everything had been going so well. Yeah. And then it's all and then it's and then it's done. It was heartbreaking. It was. It it almost I know it my wife was like, if I watch this last scene, I will cry. And I felt myself almost be moved to tears because it was it was I guess I never realized how big she was mm-hmm. and had the potential to be. Mm-hmm. So what made it even more sad is that we never got to see what she could have been. I know. Yeah. I think it might have been a little more fulfilling if we saw her cross over. Yes. And then I she, mean they they she, pieced together that album yeah that last album which was had her first English language songs on it mm-hmm. but, but I mean, I'm it had some remixes so like, of her older songs on like it too like it was fledged. really yeah. like half done. like full into the career like I've released it I'm on the English language tour mm-hmm. and then it happens no. versus it, you don't yeah, even you bad. don't even get to see what she could have been you know and it's just kind of one of those you know and. It, we see that we've seen this happen throughout history that artist that's like right there on the verge sometimes they get to cross over and be big and then they're taken away yeah. but for her like it's literally like we will never know how big she could have been yeah like yeah. how big she could have been Shakira big I know you know I saw so before I watched this movie someone was stating on Facebook it was one of these one of those pictures like you know you can revive one of these artists and things like Billy Holiday Whitney Houston. Um, Amy Winehouse, and one of them was Selena. And someone says, Selena was robbed. She could have been Beyonce big. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to get y'all's thoughts. Do you all think she could have been I completely international, agree. like one of the biggest artists in the world? Yes. Because I got that feeling from watching this. Mm-hmm. She was already looked at 
in in Tejano music mm-hmm. as the the Madonna, the mm-hmm. Janet Jackson. Oh, yeah. She was she was that in that genre. But the personality, her performance, the way she sang, like she you know, she she was already she enjoyed pop music in that mm-hmm. way. So she could sing that and she put it in her shows. So that's why I said like Abraham do like do he's asked about the crossover album. That's the easiest decision he ever made. Because it's like she's yeah, she's ready for that. She's already been doing that. Yeah. And she already has the there the fan base is already there. And then it would be a, a big even bigger fan base crossing over into America. Mm-hmm. And she already has the like the foundation was already laid for her to to be that big. Yeah. And it was looked like it was inevitable that it would happen. So I I would say, yeah, like she she would have been up there with them. I don't know if it would have been like immediately, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't have taken very long. Mm-hmm. Because like what they said with this English album, it was half done and the single um Dreaming of You was it was a hit song. Still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And still hear that. Looking at the um uh, looking at the album, I feel like it was only half done. Yeah. And the the approach that I saw to it, because it was like, uh, Diane Warren has a song on it. What? That's <laughs> uh, my girl, man. That's my girl. So. <laughs> um, Love her. She's amazing. Uh, she had, it was different songwriters on every song. But, I meant to look into that to see who she had on there, because they were like, the best producers, the best writers, the best musicians, and this was like 95, 96, so I'm yeah. trying to think, like, you know, David Foster would probably have been on there. Mm-hmm. David Foster was huge at the time, mm-hmm. so. But what they had was a lot of, um, uh, the approach was, because we talked about this with, um, I think with Faith Hill, one mm-hmm. of Faith Hill's albums. Yeah. Or with, well, we like, with the comparison between Shania Twain writing all of her songs with Mutt Lang and Faith Hill having several different songwriters and yeah. producers. There were several different songwriters on Selena's album with the English, uh, the yeah. English songs at least. I mean, they so it was it was kind of it was I, it was like a, a, a country music approach, mm-hmm. the yeah. traditional country music approach of just whatever you know. Well, we'll hear some people have written some songs and we'll just you know yeah. pick some and, and see what works and and maybe um, maybe A B mm-hmm. can write come in and write a couple songs, yeah. uh, you know, uh, for the album. So. That was the, I think the approach was, let's just find some good songs for her. Let's just find some good material for her. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it was it was only half done. Um, but it's, it's uh, how, how would y'all look at the, we, you know, we know the story, but about the, like, the performances from the actors themselves. I think the actors did an amazing job. I really do. I mean, I'm not a big fan of J Lo's acting ability. I have to be honest. <laughs> but I think she didn't do movie, her own singing. Like that herself. was Selena singing. That was her Selena's voice. Yeah, J Lo singing it at least. I think that she did a great job, and I think that it was a situation where that was her breakout role. And after that, she was yeah. out. Like she was in everything after that. This was right after Living Color went off the air too. <laughs> <laughs> But I really liked all the actors. I really think they did a great job. Um, of course, 
you know, you have the dad, amazing, love him. He's an amazing actor. So I, I just feel like they did a good job casting. Now, well, they didn't do a good job casting was this Netflix <laughs> made <laughs> the whole family look so crazy. I mean, it was really bad. It was a bad choice of picking actors for that particular I, I haven't series. even watched it. It was it was in You're it not was, missing anything. It it was I was intrigued by it. Like, okay, they're they're gonna dig deeper, but I just really haven't nothing's really like come out to me to where like, okay, maybe I should watch it. Maybe they <laughs> dig a little deeper and I'll find something new. They'll just give someone but, a random heroin addiction yeah. or something <laughs> to make it darker. Simple. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I know that I think Jayla was nominated for a Golden Globe for her performance. Um, watching it again, I think Edward James almost was a, was great. He was very good. He was yeah. great because, like, what he and if it's a definitely a reflection of who Abraham is. I mean, he wasn't like he's a stage dad, but not that stage dad who, you know, we look at Joe Jackson that way or the Ooh. Beach Boys dad. Or the Osmonds, mm -hmm. you know, it was a. He was still a. Everything he did, and how he reacted to anything is was him being a father. Yeah, he was. He was a father the whole, the whole, the whole yeah. way. He was more Matthew Knowles than Joe Jackson. Absolutely. Right. To where he <laughs> he understood what needed to happen. He had great vision, understood what needed to happen. I don't think he was as cutthroat to where he was. Well. I think he was willing to cut someone if he felt that they were harmful to the mission, i.e., um, was Chris. Chris. He, he was one that, like, no, he's, mm -mm. but um, kind of like with, you know, Matthew cutting the other two members of Destiny's Child that, you know, got to fall in line or mm -hmm. you, you're out. So I do think he was like him in that sense. Not as bad, though. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think he was like, he was Matthew Knowles. I just think that. Not saying that Beyonce doesn't recognize what her father did, because I think maybe eventually she just felt her career needed to go somewhere else, and that's why she let him go. But I don't think Selena would have ever let go of her father's manager. I think they would have remained forever. I think so, too. Yeah. I don't think she would have ever gotten sick of it. I think so, too. Because they were so alike. Um, Another question, this will be really my last question here, is Selena was murdered in 1995. This movie came out in 1997. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like they started, it was like they started making it immediately. I mean, yeah. It, it, they do had think to. It was, do you think it was? Crazy. Do you think it was too soon? Do you think there should have been more time, like maybe after the trial, or do you think that it's okay that the story was told so soon after? I think it was good that the story was told very soon because I think people needed to get a feel for who she was. And also, I mean, think about the album sales after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That skyrocketed because of the movie. So people were listening to her. She became more famous to people that did not know who she was. So I think that that was, I feel like the family did that for a reason, to commemorate her and to help people get more familiar with her music sooner after her death versus later. Okay. Um. Because this, like I said, this last series did no justice for her whole entire career, which was very sad. Mm. Wasn't happy about that. <laughs> um, the and the main like I, I there was I that's something I thought about. I hadn't read anything too much about that, about it being too soon. Mm -hmm. um, I think the main issue that people had with with the movie was that 
J-Lo is Puerto Rican. And from New York. Oh. <laughs> and playing a Mexican. And that's, it's a thing. It happens. That, yeah. that, that is a thing. Um, it is a thing. I don't know who, who else would have been, who else would have been uh, proper enough for the part? I don't so, know what other actress. People said Selma at Hayek. At the time. At the yeah, time. Selma Hayek was, was, was pegged to play, but she didn't want to play her and Frida. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. Constance. Those were a few years apart, though, weren't they? Huh? Those were a few years so apart. So apparently J-Lo has come on record by saying that's complete BS. J-Lo, that's what J-Lo says, that that was not the case and she was not approached. Mm. But Selma Hayek says she was. Um, the woman who played the mother, I can't. I think her name Constance is Constance. Constance Marie? Yeah. yeah. Apparently she auditioned to play J-Lo. Not J Lo, Selena. Selena. Oh, really? Me. Yeah, she she auditioned, but they just they didn't choose her. I didn't know Replaced that. the mother only four years apart, apparently, in age <laughs> from J Lo. Um, That's why they changed her hair so dramatically. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe that really happened, but like that that was that was a that was a huge change that, to make that her look was older. Very dramatic. So yeah. there was a, there's an actress named Leticia Miller. Mm-hmm. Who apparently bore a striking resemblance to her, but I can't find pictures of her. Oh. But that was w- apparently one of their choices that they wanted to go with uh, before. But they said like something like two thousand people auditioned to play her, and Letitia Miller. They said, and I can't find pictures of her, but they said she looked like like almost like a spitting image. That's crazy of her. But you know, going with J Lo, which Just, I mean, like I, I th- she I was essentially I... an unknown at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I think I and I think the family rooted her? for her to win. For her to get you that role. I don't know if this is Leticia Miller with the blow dryer or is this Selena with the blow dryer. Mm-hmm. Like I really, I really can't yeah. tell. Like the like the caption is saying it's Leticia Miller. But... This right here. If that's her. Wow. So yeah. She does look just like her. Yeah. That's crazy. Because for the longest, yeah. I mean, like, I, you know, my my knowledge of, of Selena is this movie. So I was, you know, when I see Selena, I'm like, oh, I can see a semblance, mm-hmm. but she still looks like Selena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is a little different because I don't want to be that person that, like, you know, only sees Selena. When I see Selena, I just automatically think J-Lo. But, <laughs> I, I don't want to be that person. Honestly, she played the role so good. I think yeah. they did a really good job with casting her. Um, I don't really... I think the family was all for it. That's what I'm more focused mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I, I think that 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 part was important as well. That's if a the, big if deal. the family's in on it, then everything else is going to fall into place. Right. I don't know how much they were in on the uh, on the, the the series, the Netflix series. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if not at all. Yeah, uh, but who it doesn't knows? seem like it. So we we still do unauthorized biographies <laughs> on television and in movies. <laughs> Um, I don't know but, that, that was bad, uh, but I I I I feel that was part of uh, important part of that the family if they're with it then then um, then everything's fine. Uh, but my main issue is like was it too soon? Because yeah. if we had if there were a few more years, I don't think the story changes, but we might get a little a little more context to certain things. Mm-hmm. But this movie's already two hours long. So, you know, they, it wasn't overwhelming. It might've been too much and you lose the, uh, in a way the, that is fresh on everyone's mind. Like 
you know, everything was taken away so fast and what, what's, will we like lose the memory of her where we will stop thinking about her if it was five years later rather than two. Mm. Yeah. So it was, it, would there be a big difference there? I don't know, but it seemed like someone started writing the screenplay right when this happened. I know. Yeah. It was fast. And there were so many books written immediately after her death too. Yeah. People were working on things immediately afterwards. So I don't know. I think that, her legacy still is really strong, especially nowadays. I mean, kids my daughter's age are like wearing her shirts and still playing her music. So she still has a positive effect. They mm-hmm. they know who she is. Yes. Right? Okay. They love Selena, these kids. I mean, so it, I mean, some I've seen some kids wear shirts that they don't know what yeah. and they don't know the artist on the shirt. Oh, they love they love they love Selena. She still gets five million streams a month. Well, I Spotify. figured you you mm-hmm. you'd let them know anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you let them know who she was. You can't walk around here in a Selena t-shirt. Not know who Selena. Right. That they... <laughs> so yeah. Um so that will uh that will do it on our discussion about the film Selena. Um we'll get to my earworm of the week. Uh as I said before, um I've been listening to uh SG Lewis and his his new album and he has a song with Lucky Day uh called Feed the Fire. Um, there's a video for it that I had not seen. Um, so y'all will see this when I post the stream because the stream crashed, (laughs) but, uh, we're going to play that right now. Feed the fire SG Lewis featuring lucky day. And we'll be right back. That is S.G. Lewis featuring Lucky Day, Feed the Fire, from S.G. Lewis's album Times. And you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist. Oh, you're okay. You're okay. <laughs> you can find that on the playlist right now. Um, so, yeah. Um, that will bring us to the end of this episode. 
Um, bum, 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 bum. Aisha, hopefully you won't be a stranger. <laughs> well, with all the plans we discussed, it, we, it's, that's impossible. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, it sounds times. like she's a very busy person. <laughs> Yes, I'll definitely be back, though, to chop it up with you guys. I love this conversation. Uh, but let us, if you want the people to know where we, you can be found, only where you can be, like, give the information you are okay with giving. Okay. So you can find me on IG at B-R-I-G-H-T underscore zero five and... I also, like I said, have my own clothing line. You can find me there, www.toffeecoffeeapparel.com. And if you're into food, I'm also <laughs> a vegan food chef. You can find me on IG at Oye Como Vegan. And that's my Insta. Awesome. All right. And that will be in the show notes, uh, uh, those Instagram accounts. Um, we don't normally mention ours. <laughs> Not our personal one. I think I gave your clothing line a follow, though. I saw you post them on Facebook and followed you on oh, IG. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Um, so be sure to um, follow you on. You have a Facebook page for the clothing yes. line? Yes. Okay. So make sure we'll follow And that that's toffeecoffeeapparel.com. Okay. I know, well. I, I know I follow the Instagram. So uh, we'll follow the Facebook page, too. Um, so what should we end the show with? Uh, as I mean, far I've as got my idea, but I don't want to be cliche, so I'm gonna. What What's your idea? Oh, you know, you got it. This is the only song I knew by her before I watched this thing. It's dreaming. Uh, it's the only one I all knew. All right. <laughs> so I, I didn't know that. anything else about the movie. I just knew it ended with that. That's the only thing I remember from my first watch, back when I was probably 13. <laughs> so we'll end the show with "Dreaming of You" by Selena. Aww. And Salinas. Uh, Salinas. Salinas. <laughs> Salinas. See if it's playing. There it is. All right. We're going to end the show with that. And it paused for no reason. Okay. So (laughs) we're going to end the show with that. Thank you all very much for listening. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. Peace. Dreaming of you tonight till tomorrow.